you watching. See, I didn't say, hey, guys. I don't know when this came out, but I, I'm going to stop saying, hey, guys. Brand new podcast. Brand new podcast. And this is a no-brainer. It's with one of my buddies that I've known for a long time, one of my favorite people, probably the best laugher in the business, Ryan Sickler. Uh, he is the best, the best. I think we opened a bottle of wine maybe, had a cocktail, but we just jabbered on about life, about dads, about him losing his dad, about uh, everything. And just, it's a great fucking podcast. Why would I spend time telling you what the conversation is when you could just hear it? So without further ado, my buddy, stand-up comedian, podcaster, check out his podcast, The Honeydew. It's one of the best podcasts out there. His episode with Felipe Esparza blew me away. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Sickler. This is Hang on, are you rolling? Yep. Uh, let's start the podcast. Do you want to apologize into the mic? <laughs> Did you want to apologize? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would love that. That would be great. Here, I'm going to give you the whole seat. Here we go, Ryan. <laughs> Should I get out of the way? No, 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 no. I you sure you don't want your reverse reaction shot? No, no, no. No. no, no. It's interesting that I apologized to you not on camera and you said this is not necessary. And then when the camera rolls, it's necessary. It's content, baby. Content. Okay. So our dog is marking all over the house because he is now uh, an adolescent boy and has decided uh, he needs to tell everybody what's his in our house. So I did a bunch of research online and everything, everything said, this is um, something you have to train out. Nothing about getting them neutered, nothing. And Bert was like, no, 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 it's hormones. You just need to get him fixed. Well, we can't get him fixed because he's a giant breed dog. So you don't fix giant breed dogs until they're like 16, 18 months old because their joints develop. They're like puppies for two years. So I was like, well, I couldn't find anything online that said that. Everything online said you have to catch them in the act and take them outside and tell them no. And he was like, I'm telling you, it's about the hormones. And then he got very upset because he feels like I never accept his answers. Every single time, <laughs> every time he has a suggestion, I shoot it down. I'm the only one that's the expert about the dogs. I'm the only one that knows anything about this house. La 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 la, which is true most. But what's of the time. your what's your hey what's your batting average though? Let's talk about that. It's pretty good. Oh yes, one. I have on. a pretty Are good you, batting average. I bet. I bet you're in the high threes, low fours. Exactly. That's Hall of Fame yeah. numbers. Leanne. It may be five. Yeah. I don't know. That's but, um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's besting Ted Williams. <laughs> so he's got well, the Mickey Mantle gene. You got the Ted Williams gene, right? I need to explain why I'm apologizing. It wouldn't make any sense. So we just talked to this dog trainer, and she went, "Oh, honey, it's hormones. There's nothing you can do to get the dog." <laughs> Like, and I went, shit, now I got to freaking apologize. <laughs> so you're right. I was wrong. This is his dream come true, by the way. <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you. You're that's welcome. That's love right there. Well done. Well done. That's love. Oh, that's good to see. That felt nice. Oh, it felt really nice. That felt nice. That's what you do. That's where I take all my diary and vomit. What, laundry mat? Oh, yeah. It's what all everyone does. I loved laundry mats. I like, you know, when it's one of the things that like I miss the most about New York is laundry day. There's a real, I'm not like an OCD guy, but fucking bringing all my laundry, doing laundry, writing jokes, just sitting there like yeah. thinking crazy. I loved it. I used to, um, I used to work graveyard. Shit, cheers, so brother. I, cheers. It's Thanks for having me here. You. Great to see you. 
Um, I used to have to find the the 24 hour joints and I would go at like three in the morning and, I, but it would be awesome. Cause I'd be the only one in there and I'd take every fucking washer and, and oh. every dryer. And I would sit there and do the same thing. I'd write and be unbothered completely in there. I, well, the last time too, Andrew, were you in, no, I don't think you were in, we were in Boston doing the Wilbur and we had to do laundry and we were going to take a walk around. It was when. I think it was Cobra because it was when Cobra fell through the ice, and uh, we we were out by the Wilbur and my our best friend uh, our best friends are uh, Asian, Vietnamese, and Chinese. But my friend Sandy, who like if you have seen any of my Instagram stories, she's the chick I'm always with. Grew up in Boston, right? And she grew up right by the Wilbur. And she, I told her, I said, yeah, we're by the Wilbur. And she was like, no way. I grew up there. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, my parents' restaurant's like right there. We're like, shut the fuck up. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we said, we got to do laundry. And she goes, oh, we used to do laundry at this laundromat. Go to this laundromat for Chrysler. So I went to this laundromat and I had so much fun. Me and this old Asian woman <laughs> didn't speak a word together, but we communicated just in like facial looks. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I wish at a certain age, Leanne could turn into an old Asian woman. Dude, you know, old Asian women are so beautiful and they trick you too. You, you're driving down the road and you see this hot, you know, it's an Asian lady, straight black hair. And you're like, look at it. Then you get by and you're like, she's 76. <laughs> you can't fucking tell from the back. She's bro. 76. <laughs> I want to say this real quick because I had a moment like you did with the Vietnamese lady. I had a Middle Eastern uh, Uber driver pick me up, spoke no English. <laughs> by the way, I have a bit. That I'm working on the amount of like there's an Uber cam. <laughs> Uber there's cam. an Uber cam where they shoot the amount of horrific shit I've co-signed on <laughs> in an Uber yeah, just right. to conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah, just like, hey, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, kill them all. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll tell you the problem with women, bro. Yeah. You can't hit them anymore. Ooh, and you're yeah, up, up no, the they, sh not. they shouldn't vote. Yeah, they shouldn't vote. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't vote. <laughs> they should not have a say in This shit. is the problem with these girls driving, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what accent that was, but uh, you can figure it out. But I got this Middle Eastern dude speaks no English or barely any English. I speak not not, not what he speaks. <laughs> I speak less than a, a stray dog yeah. in his country. And he puts on this French song. Ooh. Now, neither of us speak French. I don't understand him. He doesn't understand me. And I'm telling you, we connect. I put that song on my fucking Spotify. Really? We connected over that. And I felt like I understood everything going on on that ride. And I can't explain what I mean by that in words because I only speak one language and not well. But but I think you get what I'm saying. It was it was it was a really interesting connection. And I, I just felt like, man, that's fucking that's yeah. trippy. You could have that feeling with someone where you don't even speak the language. I've had the exact opposite where like I felt opera, like I felt like know. the Uber driver or cab driver was definitely going to kill me. You know what's so <laughs> funny is now that we're talking about Leanne apologies. So we took the girls to, I was doing Australia and New Zealand. And so I said to the girls, I said, why don't you guys come to Australia and New Zealand? Why don't we throw in a vacation in there? So we big vacation spot for Australian, um, especially drug dealers, is Bali. <laughs> By the way, you know you can't drink bring any marijuana into Bali? No. Death penalty. Death? Death. Sitting at their fucking hotel, and I'm going through my cigars. And I'm like, oh, shit. I brought a joint with me. And Leanne's oh. face goes fucking white. You would have gotten, they would kill you at the airport if you had, if they'd found that. And I was like, fuck. Really? And he, yep, sidebar. So I say to Leanne, now this is my brain. I'm very... Um, I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what I am, 
I'm I'm broken, but like, but I definitely predict bad shit, right? Yeah. So like, and I think also that makes you a good person. So like, I'm very hyper aware. Like we did a podcast with a, a guy the other day. I'll tell you his name. Who said? <laughs> <laughs> who said some horrific shit? Now he didn't tell me to take it out. I just took it out for him because I was like, I was like, I go, I actually, but, yeah. and that, and I'm certain that wouldn't be a bad thing. I bet I'm being hyper aware. But that's where my brain is. I, I'm trying to do, be two steps ahead of every catastrophe. My, my wife calls it catastrophe thinking. So I go, I take off to New Zealand. The one thing we wanted to do is we wanted to go uh, to this, hike up to this volcano and uh, see the sunrise on this volcano. You got to like, they pick you up at the hotel at like four in the morning to go hype to, up to this volcano. I'm leaving for Bal, I'm leaving for New Zealand that the morning before they're going. And I give the girls each a knife. I said, take this knife. Um, just in case some shady shit goes on. And Leanne's like, honey, I'm not taking a fucking knife with me. I'm not giving my girls weapons to go to the top of this fucking volcano. It's fine. It's arranged through the hotel. And I was like, all right. And so I'm not going to, so I bring the knives with me, fly to New Zealand, you know, time zone, do a show, wake up, call them. How is the, the volcano? She goes, uh, I really regret not listening to you. I said, really? And she goes, you were right about the knife. I should have brought a knife. What happened was this guy just picks him up in his car. It's like a small, like it's mom and pop. Like if you're starting a mom and pop business in Bali, you probably don't have a van that has all their, you know, signature stuff. Picks him up in a in his car. The three of them are sitting in the back seat of his car. Leanne sitting up front, girls in the back. He then takes them to a small rowboat on a lake. Tells the girls to get in the rowboat. It's still dark as fuck. It's four in the morning. Girls get in the rowboat, no light, no nothing, starts paddling into the middle of the lake. Nah. I swear to God. Takes them over to the other <laughs> side. Yeah, Leanne's going, the fuck? fuck did I sign up for? What the fuck did I sign you up got for? all three of them in the fucking boat now. With all three guy? of them in a rowboat. Like a like like the kind a comical. No, the kind that someone rows you to murder you in. That's what it is. Dude. <laughs> that's what the fuck it is. Takes them to the other side of the thing, takes them over to a house, uh, and says, stay here. <laughs> And then leaves. And Leanne's like, he brought, I just brought my daughters to get raped and murdered. I should have listened to my fucking husband. And then he's, he says, all right, now we walk, you know, by the way, he's, he probably is just as English as his first language, but the way he's saying it sounds very Aggressive. like, um, uh, menacing. I, I can't believe I survived documentary style, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. now we walk yeah. girls now walk and they fucking start leading him up a trail. And then Leanne just stops. She goes, okay, I'm terrified. And he's like, huh? She was like, I'm just terrified. Like, where are you taking us? And he goes to the volcano. He's like, we got to get there quick. Everyone's going to get up there. We want to get a good spot, right? She was like, huh? He's like, we're, we're going to, you, you want to go to the volcano, right? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, you got to walk there. Like, this is how we go. They get up to the volcano. Leanne's like, that was the best sunrise I've ever seen in my fucking life. Cause she's like, I'm alive. Yeah, right? The whole matter. time the girls are like, you should have listened to dad, mom. <laughs> Fuck. So wait, she's apologizing for the dog. I didn't know dogs marked their territory at that age. What kind of dog do you have? Bull massive, 140 oh, pounds. Oh yeah. He's only 15 months. So the last time he's, I he's saw him, months. he was he's a 11, puppy. He's 11 months. Jesus Christ. 11 months. And he has started <clears throat> marking his territory and he's just pissing all over everything. I, um, I promised my daughter we could get a dog, a puppy. Ooh. So well, here's the funny thing. We go to the, and remind me to tell you an Uber story. We go to the rescue, right? lady comes running out no you can't come in you can't come in i'm like okay what are your covid rules you know she's like you have to go home get on the website and choose your dog and i'm like okay she goes but i'm gonna give you a heads up 
pick your top five. And I was like, five. And she's like, well, some could be spoken for. Some could have. I already don't like animal, the situation. You know, uh, behavioral issues. Some I'm could already, have health. I'm already and I not saw I go, hey, lady, I'm not taking my fifth fucking rescue choice. It's going to eat our face in the middle. What of are we, the Houston Texans? <laughs> I want to pick number one. <laughs> I'm the fucking number with the number one draft. Book. I was like, yeah, we're good on rescuing number five out of the fucking thing. <laughs> fucking so we're looking. I want to say five. this on your guy. Don't, five, them, don't no. find out what's wrong with it's them. Pick okay. your top five. That's cool in college if we're trying to fuck chicks <laughs> or a fantasy <laughs> team, but not with a dog. A rescue dog, by the pick way. Pick your bro. top five out of your fucking mind. <laughs> oh my god. Like, yeah, you can't have that one. So. I'm saying here, we're looking for a King Cavalier Spaniel. That's what I told her we Is could get. Is that what get. you want? They're super cute. They're great family like? dogs. Is my if phone it, over there? If anybody them? out there breeds them, hit me up. Ryan at RyanSickler.com. And I'm not flying to Pennsylvania to get a fucking dog, but I will take a road trip for a family. All you got to do, let's t- here's what you got to do. I've been looking into Southern California breeder every I got gotcha. you. This is what you do. Okay? Can't find one. You go to Tom Segura Tour Dates. Tom Segura <laughs> Tour Dates, right? So we go to TomSegura.com. AKA Mr. Ladybug, official website of overweight comedian Tom Segura. <laughs> um, let's see his tour dates. All right. If you are in, he's going to <laughs> you gonna have me fly back on the top. Because he's going to be in a private jet. And so you can definitely. Oh, forgot yeah. about the yeah. private jet. I'll just pay right. him to get the motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, and you breed these King, King Cavalier, Cavalier Spaniels, or if you're in uh, San Antonio, Texas, or Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, these are all Tom's tour dates. And by the way, they're all sold out. Brea, Cal- no, we don't we already got Brea. Um, Ontario, California. No, we already got that. All right. Those are Atlantic City, New Jersey. I mean, that's a hell of a range. And then so and so all you got to do is say, Tom, hey, man, I actually can't work that weekend with you. But can you grab this dog? I'm flying home I'll for I'll pay me? for you to fly it home. Oh, I just ripped apart. <laughs> I, I have a shit all day today. The um, Can I tell you this Uber story? Please. All right, so I go out to the desert a f- couple years ago with my friend Jen, and she's a drinker, and I'm a smoker. I've been doing this story. Jen who? You don't. I mean, okay. she's my neighbor, okay. Jen. She's her Jen Connors, her name. Um, I don't know if she'll appreciate that, but whatever. <laughs> so, drinker, I'm a smoker. Um, we're really good friends. She helps me out, watches my daughter from time to time. She's great, but she. Um, How old's your daughter now? She's six. God so damn it. it's a great age, dude. Yeah. So 16 sucks. <laughs> and I'm trying to get some guys. see, they're coming over here. I had, uh, to, I had to tell them that you smoke pot <clears throat> so that if they smelled pot, they wouldn't think it was their dad. Okay. I'm a fucker. Like, Cause I don't tell the truth to my kids. Right. That, like they haven't seen everything on a podcast. Put that on a fucking meme. I don't tell the truth to my kids. <laughs> so, um, She's a drinker. I'm a smoker and she's pretty sauced up. And I tell the story in my stand up, but the way it goes is uh, we decide we're going to keep the party going. So we call an Uber and this single white dude shows up in a minivan and we're kind of like, guys, really into his job, you know, I guess. So we get in the back seat. She slides in behind him. I'm next to her. And right away, I already have had a few run-ins with some creepy Ubers down in, uh, we were at a festival down in, um, was it the Phoenix one, the ATC festival? I had a pickup driver, nothing matched. The plate, the car. He's like, I just got a new car. I'm like, nah, bro, not today. Not yeah, me. I'll not wait me. three <laughs> more minutes for the next fucking ride. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. So um we get in, plate checks. I always check the plate, the make and model, everything checks out. We get in and right away, and I've mapped our route to the the place too. And right away he goes the wrong way. And I'm like, ah, here we fucking go. Yeah. Here we fucking go. And we're in the middle of the desert. 
and it's Palm Desert, like out there past Palm Springs. And uh, so he starts driving. So she's drunk and, you know, giggly. And she's like, so do you have a family? This is a big car. And he says, no. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, so you just you got a minivan for the gig? He's like, mm-hmm. no one knows where you are right now. <laughs> right. So I'm like, um, I go, I see you made a, a turn out of the driveway. It's And he starts stuttering. And that's when I was like. Here we fucking go. This guy, can't, he want, he's saying weird things too. Like he's like, I'll get you there in a jiffy and you know, don't worry. And I'm like, I am where, and she's like laughing. I'm like, listen, this something's up. And she's yeah. like, she's like, he might be trying to kill us. And she's laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm fucking saying. Uh, he's probably trying to kill us. So I tell her let's switch seats. And she's like, why? And I just show her my belt. And she's like, you know, I was like, I'm not trying to hit on you and she's like what do you mean i go i'm gonna take this motherfucking belt off i'm gonna throw it around his goddamn neck and i'm gonna crank on that mother- two legs on his seat like pull the fuck over this pull is, over this is a tv show I can, i'm picturing this is a tv this show is, listen that's the reason i wear a belt i say it on stage i don't wear it to hold up my pants i don't wear it for fashion i don't give a fuck if it matches my shoes i truly wear a belt not i'm wearing sweats right now because good looking sweats appreciate that man uh it's the same belt from college. I've had it reinforced twice, the buckle, Yeah. in case I need to fucking kill somebody. That's why I wear a belt. It's a last-ditch weapon that could possibly save my fucking life. Let me tell you. I will go for my belt and beat you, whip you, choke you, whatever. If I can stand on top of you. Mm. I, uh, I don't like telling too much where my weapons are. However, I have upwards of about 15 hatchets. All over the house. Hatchets specifically. Hatchets. hatchets. hatchets specifically I got into hatchets. Weapon. I got really into hatchets. Are you good at throwing them? Uh, I'm really good at throwing. Have them. you gone to the axe throwing here? So in I'll North tell Hollywood? you, I, I went. Smoky Mac, Smoke, Smoky Mountain Axe Company, I think is the name of them. So they sent me a a, a throwing axe, a throwing yeah. hatchet, and I and and I and I I didn't think I had anything. Else. I should really credit them better. Let me I, let me make sure I'm saying the right name because I I want to I want the, they're really great. People, because I got, I'll tell you how bad this got. What? The the obsession S- with hatchets? Sm- what is it? Smoky? Mountain? It's in my, what the fuck? I, I said the name wrong. I'm, I'm so sorry. Axe. <laughs> They're out there screaming. <laughs> They're losing their fucking mind yeah. going, Bert, we have hooked you up so much. You couldn't once just say our name. S- Smoky Mountain Axe Company is, I think, the name of the company. So anyway, I um, they sent me a, a customized machine engraved hat. Axe. Oh, that's tight. And I was like, and by the way, I, I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, cool. Um, thank you. I don't know where I'll ever use this, but I appreciate it. And then one day we're having we a fire in the backyard and our firewood, we can't want to be kindling. And I go, oh, I got this little axe back there and it's sharp as fucking shit. So I take it in the thing. I crack down and the thing splinters. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, oh, and so I chop up kindling and I, and I actually felt bad because now I'm using the axe. And I went, oh, but that's what you're supposed to do with an axe. And then and then we we buy this house and we start coming over here. This is during COVID. Start coming over here at, at night at times, check the place out and whatever. And, and, and this axe becomes handy. I can use it to like if we do any yard work that like we were digging up roots and I'm using this axe mm-hmm. to cut up roots. And then I have it for protection and I'm start I start really enjoying this axe. And then I go, uh. I don't know, one night drinking, I was like, let me take out a little a few more axes. And I go, oh, Spiderco's got a fucking badass tomahawk. 
I was like, I love Spider Coast. So I buy their tomahawk. It's different. It's different than this axe they sent me. This axe they sent me is fucking legit. And I'm using it as a hammer. I'm using a multi-purpose tool. And I'm going, wow, man, this really were these really were super uh useful for Native Americans. And then I start getting in. I'm like, I want to buy a Celtic axe or like a Viking axe. So I, and I'm start watching, start watching these videos of dudes making axes, and I'm just fascinated at the the craftsmanship because rogan got me into people making knives mm -hmm. and i was like that's fucking awesome yeah i love a good so knife. then i and then uh i keep one in the car too just in case no look knives are my daughter so, knows it too she's like you have a knife in here i'm like mm -hmm. stella's like he keeps it in here just in case i'm like knives yeah. for me are very 2017 like i, I went through a big knife <laughs> obsession a big 2000 I, literally I, I started collecting what is knives. a what is a big knife obsession we uh, hundreds 200 probably for real i probably have 200 knives you still have so, them uh, all over the they're all over there's a really great one in there that i keep i keep in there for if i want a cigar because it's so fucking sharp so they're not it's, for self-defense no it's not spread out that i have way a great for, i had to i have i bought the girls all knives they have these switchblade uh benchmark does this switchblade knife mm -hmm. it's a it's called the uh defender or the something joel mchale's got one they're hard to come by and then one day i go i go hatch it's nice to sit and watch tv with your kids in a pandemic right and have just a weapon on you and i go i got a hatchet right by my recliner and then i end up buying so many i have three hatchets by my recliner and then one day i go there should be hatchets in everyone's bed like everyone's bed should have a hatchet wedged in just the handle so you can take it out and hatchet someone so yeah, i buy hatchets. Put it right in there i bought uh i bought i this is how bad i got i got three um spider co hatchets for my wife both my daughters and then i was like fuck what am i getting spider i mean spider co is a great company i love working with spider i mean i've done stuff with spider co i love them but then i was like i hit up smoky mountain axe company i'm so sorry if i fucked it up again <laughs> And I was like, I was like, Somebody hey, man, out there starting a company. He's right? losing his mind going just the right name would be like 10 grand for us in axes. The right name. Uh, Can you look up the name of this fucking company, Halston, and see if see if I follow them? Um, so I got to I got to find this company. And so I go, hey, man, it's Christmas. I just bought my daughters each switchblades. My wife a switchblade. I want to get access for them with their names on them. And he was like, fucking yes. He didn't even charge me. Damn. He just really sent nice. me three axes. I wrapped them up. And then my daughters are like, dad, we have way too many axes around here. And I was like, yeah, but, but I have a vision of someone, someone walking through my back two doors and I'm sitting on my recliner. I'm drinking a bottle of glass of fit vine. And I just look at him and I grab my ax and just one throw Daniel day Lewis fucking. And then I'm not, I will be shocked that I hit him in the forehead and it's stuck in his head, but I won't be as shocked as the two dudes standing next to him <laughs> who are like, what the fuck? And I pull up another one. Yeah. Dude, Leanne got me a fucking act, a tomahawk for my, for Christmas. That was like handcrafted. It was, it was a Viking, a Nordic one handcrafted. Beautiful. I think she measured my hand in the sleep so the guy could make it. So it fits. It's fucking um, it's so nice. I don't. I won't use it because I'm afraid to use it because it's that nice. Listen, I love what you just said because that's rooted in I wish a motherfucker would I versus I, I'm scared someone's going to come in and rob us. You know, I love the fantasy because that's the way I am too. Like people are like, aren't you scared somebody's going to break in? I'm like, 
we're ready over here. You know what I mean? We're, we're ready. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. When, let me tell you something. We're the, ready. My favorite thing ever is when the fucking pandemic hit or when the when the fires happened in Malibu and there was some looting going on and you got some phone calls from some people going, hey, man, can I borrow your gun? And I, I started giggling. I go, that's not how it works, you liberal fucking idiot. You were the, when they said pick your stance on guns, you picked yours. Yep. You, you said, no, yeah. I don't want guns in my house. I'm against guns. And then now that you need one, you don't get one. That's yeah. how it fucking works. Like I bought one. I got the shun of every one of my wife's friends. He has a gun. My child won't come there to play like that. All that shit happened. Cause I did a bit about owning a gun on my fucking special. Everyone fucking, he, he really has a gun. Well, then that's the last time. Well, luckily, then a pandemic kicked in and no one ever came over. So I think they've forgotten about it now. Yeah, well, wait till some shit goes down where they're all going to be calling. That's what I'm saying. I had so when we when when I moved out of the YMH studios into my own place, I recorded with Tom on Saturday. I'll never forget Tom and Orlando Brown Jr. on Saturday. On Sunday, the riots fucking hit. And we're there. We're pulling our equipment out like we just got in. I can't. You know, I can't have them steal twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. You know, we got do I had my gun, my producers had their gun, and I had a gun pulled on me. I had a gun pulled right on me, called me a faggot, and I was like, was I just hate crimed in the Black Lives Matter movement? Wait, when in was this downstairs, like in the in the riots? It was out in the street, right in the street. They they shattered the windows, the good neighbors up the street got videos of us people running with two guitars at a time up there they just and we stood right there they came, I, I saw more guns in liberal fucking Santa Monica California the two Israeli dudes across the street that own the pharmacy who are so fucking awesome they they were in the military as kids you know so they're familiar with their AR and they, they always say like let the kids come over and we're like we're good with letting that happen. we're good but they stood right out front with their shit and boarded up their pharmacy because they knew all the fucking degenerates were going to come for their oxy and all that shit. And no one uh, yeah. fucked with them. One guy went on his roof, a business owner, fire one in the air. Nobody gave a shit. The other guy at DK's Donuts stood out front with an AR. They looted the whole fucking uh, strip mall except for his fucking place. And I'm sitting in my car and this guy runs over with a gun and he doesn't he doesn't put it in my face. He just holds it up and goes, get the fuck out of here, faggot. And I was like, Err. and then I circled back. Suggestion taken. <laughs> And I was like, hey, why faggot, bro? Like, I'm trying to grow my hair out. Is it that? Like, I'm trying. I'm, you know, come on, man. You're not I'm insecure, that word, man. man. Hey, man, you're not allowed to use that word. I'm just insecure. giving you a heads up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's super problematic, okay? Just And also, I just. I got hate crimes, bro. I got, I got hate, hate crimes. You should have been like, oh, you should have been like, oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. He just. Can I tell you? I wish that I had a better stance on everything. Because I don't, I really don't, because Listen, I'm, don't I'm so worry. forgiving on Look, every side. You stand in the middle of what I stood in, okay? And people are like, I didn't see it on the news. And I'm like, yeah, well, do you know how news works? You got to have a fucking news crew out there to shoot it. They weren't coming. The police rode right by. They said, if you have a legally registered firearm, you're allowed to use your Second Amendment right. That's what they told us. And they went down. The Humvees drove right fucking by. Everyone went and protected Nike, Nordstrom, you know the people with no money down at the promenade. Right. God. And went right by all the small businesses. So people ask me, was it all black people? No, not at all. Oh. It was, if I have to generalize, it was 
young. It was young people. It was 22 to 25. I saw white girls with blonde hair driving getaway cars. The police have worked with us since and said it was all set up and organized, done on stolen credit cards. They knew where they were going. These people probably didn't know who the fuck George Floyd was or what even happened. They were opportunists out to just get shit. So those those marches were, and I look, I I just saw there were good people, the bad people, the the, the troublemakers broke left while the good people continued down to Venice and marched. They went east up Santa Monica Boulevard. And I mean, from the fucking promenade out past, we're on 19th Street. They went way past that and fucked that whole thing up. I look, I look at this. I mean, when you look at, um, I have, a, I don't, I, I don't know who it was. I wish I could give them the credit. I saw someone's um, thing today, oddly enough, uh, about the Black Lives Matters marches during the George Floyd stuff. Uh, summer, summer, summer of 2020 is, what I think, what they called it, the summer of 2020. And um, it's moving to see that many people of of all races marching. And it's moving. I don't give a fuck who you are. And I, and like, Agreed. I don't like, I'm not a virtue signaler. And like Tom and I talked about that a lot is like, you want to stand up for certain things, but then you don't also don't, I don't want, look, I don't think a tweet's going to change anything. If I tweet out, Hey guys, we need to do better. Everyone's going to be like, great man. Thanks. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no, yeah. shit. <laughs> no shit, Bert. Thanks for the fucking black tile you just posted. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think I can like, I can only hope to do better and raise kids better. That's, that's all I can hope to do. But like, I, I saw these moving things now and, and I was like, that was fucking great. And then you, people look and they associate it with the riots and it's not. And by the way, and I, I'm I know this isn't a popular opinion, but I can forgive those kids for looting and rioting. I can understand that mentality totally understand. of being young and stupid and thinking this is my shot. This I can't is my say one. if I wasn't, 22 that i wouldn't have stole a guitar if someone already busted the window i'm not i'm not first in i'm not, I'm not a marine in. bro you I'm know what i'm saying in. i'm the I'm navy i'm in. all the way back i'm here. not saying yeah and then and here's what i this is what's wrong with our i so want to get away from this in my life about talking about stuff like this because i go no one gives a fuck about my opinion about this shit at all and they shouldn't unless they don't agree with it that's the only time anybody gives a fuck yeah right isn't it? yes it's the only time anybody oh whoa, 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 wait you said what oh I, I, and I, now I, I care what Bert's got to say. I haven't given, yeah. given a fuck about anything else. No one can I, ever no one can ever place themselves in someone else's shoes no. these days. Like when I look at those kids doing it, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it as much as I don't agree with those guys that stormed the, the Capitol. The, the same way I feel about those kids breaking into a Korean fucking store and looting the shit out of it and taking everything. Uh, and, and I just say that because one of my buddies uh, dealt with that in the Rodney King riots. The same way I don't agree with that, I don't agree with those guys storming the Capitol. That should be common sense to everybody. Bert, we're middle-aged white guys. If we were in uh, on a field trip in the Capitol and we were going through and I looked at you and I go, I'll fucking give you $10,000 to break that window over there. Wouldn't you think that a swarm of people would come out of nowhere and fuck us up? Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you think that? I would I would assume so. You couldn't have paid me to fucking do what those people did. No. I couldn't believe. My favorite of the assholes going up the wall when the stairs are right there, though. That's my favorite. Oh. That guy going up the wall. Why are you well, going I, up the You know what's crazy is I'm obsessed. I'm obs- I got very obsessed with uh, Revolutions. There's this great podcast. Mike Duncan. I want to get him on the podcast so bad. It's called Revolutions. What's amazing to me, and I, it's just, is, is that, so many times there are failed revolutions. A lot of times there are failed revolutions, failed revolutions, then real revolutions, then the one that sticks. And I just go, what was happening at that right? It was, that was a revolution. Yeah. That was as that. All, who, of, all of 2020 was a revolution, really, from the Black Lives Matter. 
to the um, capital to all that. Yeah, it's not stopped. It's not stopped. It's not it's stopped at all. It's 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 funny. I, I we're just I, not waking up on Twitter every day seeing a shitstorm anymore. It's not as in your fucking face. You have to go look for it now. It was yeah. It was and, easy know, to find. Oh, my my fucking news person. feed sucks dick. I stopped. My I news can't. feed sucks. <laughs> dick my newsfeed sucks dick and then you get a message for, from felipe esparza who says uh and i can only read it in his voice bro fool is that pool cold or warm as i was in the pool today i go ice cold and then i get a fuck i gotta try it one day big dog i'll let you know polar bear have you had him on he's the look that stop 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 the best podcast I have heard this whole year. It is March right now. This whole year is you with Felipe. Thank you. Dude. It is the best pod. So the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is your. I'm curious how you do it. I really think my podcast is failing. Like I feel like I feel like You're I feel like sir. I'm doing good things, but I feel like you know with all the zooms, I, I lost. I someone's I some are good. But I lost, I lost the intensity I had when we were in person. That's why I was like, well, so there's a quick. connection that we're missing when would, we're not in person. The same yeah. with our kids on homeschool. But your podcast with Felipe, I'll just say that one because I listened to it beginning to end, was so moving and insightful. I was like, I got to ask him how he did it. Like that's one of the podcasts where I go. So did you? Did you? Like, did you know any of this stuff before, or you just were curious? Like, what the fuck? It was such. A great podcast. Dude, I appreciate it, man. I um, I talked about it on two bears. I fucking clipped it and threw it up on my Instagram and thanked you guys for the love. I couldn't believe you did that. I know, and I didn't see that. Someone else was like, "Yo, you got to see this," and I was like, "Man, I was so flattered and and honored." Like you guys are pioneers in what you're doing, and you're fucking killing it. You're printing money over there, and I'm over here talking to people about their trauma, and that's what the honeydew no, is all about. It it's highlighting so the lowlights. I want to talk to you. I don't, it's easy to talk about the good times. I want to talk to you about the worst times in your fucking life. And I want to find Ooh. a way to laugh about it now. Yeah. Now. And so I hit, like, I'm dying to have you on. I know we go back and forth over and you're probably one of the most busiest people in fucking show business, but I'll just hit you up and be like, just give me a log line, you know, like my father's death, uh, ca this car accident. I went into a coma, so whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. He said something about his daughter and I, and I, cause I don't want to know anymore. I want to sit and talk to you. If you tell me everything, then what, you know, yeah, you've what spoiled it. Yeah. So, um, he came on and started talking about that. And I'm just looking at this guy like, what I had, I didn't have any idea. Um, I had Jeremiah Watkins came on who, by the way, takes, he's, he he's takes fat. the official title for the biggest crier on the, in the history of the show. <laughs> He we cried? had to oh did he cry we had to stop ash had to bring him kleenex and then he started doing promos while he's crying like the honey dude with ryan Singer. he is genuinely crying Wait, about a friend of his about? so he brought these journals from his past and he hadn't cracked them open in forever and he found a, a passage about this really good friend of his this girl and her boyfriend when he first moved to california they were that couple that just took him in and they were really nice to him. And that girl committed suicide. And he started reading about what he wrote. And I mean, I usually just sit quiet to let the person have their moment. But it went so long. Yeah. Like a couple minutes. Really? Where I finally was like, are you? <laughs> Jeremiah is a fascinating dude. He is. It's like, you know, I, I, I never, never would I ever try to uh, 
tell someone how, how to do stand up, right? Or ever. And I don't and I don't mean to criticize what he's doing in stand up, but when he does crowd work with people and when he talks about who he is, I get really fascinated. I'm and I'm not saying I'm not trying to slight anything he does that that isn't that. Cuz you got to figure out, you got to do all the shit. You got to do everything in stand up and then and then figure out what didn't work. For me, man, and I know you probably remember this part of my career is I was obsessed with trying to break down racial barriers and talk about certain things. I wanted to, I wanted to really take chances and, and cut an edge. And then one day I just, I just quit. I just was like, that's not who I am. I don't know if that's how, by the way, I'm still curious about that stuff. I'm still very curious about like, like one of my favorite people to follow was Amanda Seals. I love Amanda Seals. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I love her because she tells, you know, like she has this thing, you know, that was really brilliant to me which it's not my job to educate white people. I'm, and initially the first time I heard that I went, well, how else would I learn? And then she said, uh, you're asking me to give time, my time for something you should already fucking know. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm just listening. And I was like, Oh yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And so I love listening to people like from everywhere. Hell yeah. I love, I love and they're adver like, you hear all about this diversity, 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 but I love adversity. I love people yeah. who have overcome traumatic things. You know, you're, you're not, it's not like we signed up to be on this planet and you get who you fucking get and yeah. then you got to deal with it. So I started doing a Patreon called the honeydew with y'all where I talk to regular people, you know, and oh, wow. dude, once you cast that line out, I've talked to a girl that had two pussies. Yep. I've talked Please to say ones in her armpit. <laughs> It's not. It was side by side. Fucking. It was a fucking. It was a duplex. It was a duplex. <laughs> it was a townhouse pussy. Oh shit! Uh, so I talked to it. a guy who died and came back. He had a crane truck. Guy was most likely texting. Crane came through his truck, sliced his skull like deli meat. It flopped over. He flatlined. Coma for three months. He was hit so hard. You ready for this shit? I, I've never heard anything like this in my life. The steering wheel pushed his rib cage through his skin and out his back. Okay? It shoved his skeleton through his body. This guy does not have an abdomen. He showed us. I have the pictures on my Instagram, and I I'm let good. people know. I'm good. As you swipe, I go, listen, if this ain't your shit, there's more. And I'm telling you now. And it's just a, a ball. It's just the the, the stomach. Yeah. Um, I just talked to a guy. This one fascinated me. This is a really good one. This guy was a heroin addict who went to buy some heroin in open air drug market in Philly. He would buy from this Dominican, 400 pound Dominican dude named Gordo and uh, excuse me, Puerto Rican. The Dominicans were one street over. And I said, why'd you go to Gordo? He's like, cause he was closer. And he said, this guy was as nice as they come when it comes to drug dealers and what he would do with his flex. He had a 44 Magnum. And he wouldn't try to intimidate you, pull it up and show it to you. He'd be like, Bobby, come here. Look at this. How beautiful. Look at the nickel plate. He'd open it up, spin it to let you know, I got this motherfucker. But in a way better way than trying to muscle up. It's such a better mind fuck. And uh, he said there was always this resident junkie on the corner who, when you bought your package and you'd walk away, yo, yo, Bert, can I get a hit, please? I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick. Can I? That guy. Yeah. So one day our guy walks up to Gordo. You're Gordo. I'm him. Walks up, gives him money, takes his package, turns around, starts walking away. I'm going this way. Here comes the resident junkie past me in a hurry. 
And then he hears Gorda go, hey, motherfucker. And he's like, first he stops and thinks, oh, my God, I shorted him. He's going to fucking kill me. And he said, as he turns around, he sees the junkie grab a package from Gordo. And now he's running back toward me. And he sees Gordo pick that fucking 44 up and boom, hit him right here. Listen, Bert, he's running like toward you. I'm running toward you now. And he said, I saw the bridge of his nose split open. And he said, and this is when I knew he was telling the truth. He said, brain, skull, blood, snot blew all over him. And he went into his car and shot up for an hour and a half, freaking out with, with brains. I go, did any of it get in your mouth? He goes, fuck yeah. It was all over me, all fucking over me. All right. I've talked to young kids, 19, 20 year olds who are like, yeah, the guy, I talked to one kid who thought his biological father was his biological father, finds out it's not. And his best friend's dad is his dad. Uh, it's like you and Tom going from best friends to immediate brothers. And I've talked to several people like that. I've talked to two trans people. Like it is, it's the honeydew with y'all. It's my Patreon. It's the shit. I, you know, I'm, I'm here's, oh God, that fucking sounds so awesome. I wish I had. The, I love it. I go I to work I every the, day. I wish I had it. the insight to be able to talk to different people. You do. You just have to I be a listener. I'm better with you and I'm better with like comics and like, and like, and I can, uh, historians is something I've been doing or people I'm fascinated by, like. Uh, fucking YouTube guys or, or like surfers. I'm I'm good with that, but like I don't. You talk to everybody. That's what I'm saying. Look, I talk to everyone a, if I'm drinking a at a good bar. Interviewer, yes, but being a good interviewer or host is just being a good listener. You just to be involved in I'm what they're the saying. Best listener. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the are. best listener. I'm not well, the best listener. <laughs> I'm man. Listening is so hard for me because I I go. Doesn't anyone want to hear my opinion? <laughs> oh, I like I the I think sometimes. I think when I'm at my best is when someone tells a story and then I go, Oh, I got a better story. Like that's the worst. Was well, like people, a, look, a lot Topper? of people look at it as one up, but I don't, I look at it as like, I want to hear everybody's yeah, fucking that's, story. If you got a story, that's better, what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Fuck. If we're playing the dozens, I'm going to shit on your mom. You're going to shit on mine. If we're telling stories, you got one. I got one. As long as you don't go with, I got a way better one than that. It's oh, all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll be yeah. the judge of that. Yeah. All you got to do is be like, I got one for you. And that's it. That coming in like that. Boom. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the best listener, but there's a lot of people I'd love to, I'm curious about fascinated with history right now. Like I'm really, what aspects of history? Um, and is it, we talking about American history or no, world no. history? As simple as or this specific sounds, Spaniards. I, I know Spaniards are hardcore. I'm very fast. Portugal. I feel like because you're talking about knives and axes and yeah. those dudes had those beautiful fucking helmets. Por like they went to war looking good. You know what I mean? Portuguese. The Portuguese uh, were. See, I get hesitant to talk, even talk about history because I'm afraid people will go, is that racist? But like the Portuguese, from what, my, from what I've read, from what I've listened to, were absolute savages yeah <laughs> i mean they went down the coast of africa just killing muslim warlords left and right not even killing them sometimes just absolutely humiliating them Humi like bring them, what uh bring us one of your daughters we want to marry her by the way this is so paraphrased in one thing i heard <laughs> this is burt like, chrysler's yeah, history, <laughs> history revisionist like it, and the guy goes the guy goes nah and they go Oh, go get him. And then they bring this king or fucking king to their thing. They shit in his throat. <laughs> Whoa. They shove then a chunk of pork because he's Muslim on top of the shit. Shove it down his throat. Right. He's got shit and pork in his throat. Ah. 
And then they go, now go get one of your daughters. And he's like, I'll be right back. Like, and he was like, all right, I'm so sorry. You're not going to enjoy this, but I, was, I had a really rough day. <laughs> and they did I that. They did that day. from my, from, by the way, I wish I was, and this is why I have this bit that I'm trying to work on about why stupid people shouldn't read. Cause you get just enough information to fill in your agenda of what you want to fill in. Like, cause you only pick up the stuff that interests yeah, you. Right. And if you're a moron, the shit that interests you is someone getting shit in their throat with pork shoved down it cause they're Muslim and then some, fu- and then losing his daughter. Cause that's what, for me, I, so I just connect with that shit. Yeah. Of and, course. But apparently they did this up and down the coast of Africa, like just fucking and then cause as they were collecting spices. They were just going like, oh, so they're not even doing it to take over or I don't spread know. Their I wish I listened more to it. Message. I'm going to call. I'm going to call an expert. They're just being. I'm going to call an expert. Who's an expert on? This is the guy that told me about the book. Who, <laughs> who, who? I, I I was I woke up. I had a panic attack listening to this fucking book. And he goes, he goes, he's like, dude, they were fucking horrific. John Manns, he's my cameraman. He's been I've been touring with him. And he was like, You should if you're really liking history, you should check out this thing. The Some the of that history, the shit, the the torture shit they would do back in the day. Dude. Torture for me, I go Wow, he's in fucking Hey it's John Manns. I read this one about these, I don't know what tribe it was, these Native Americans, and they would oh, bury I, a dude. I, 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 I stop right there. I feel like they're just I can't listen, I can't listen to anything about Native Americans because I was raised a certain way. With a lot, uh, like um, empathy for what I, the it was one sided. White people were horrific to Native Americans, and then I fucking get this one goddamn book, and they're like, "Oh no, it was back and forth. Like they were cutting noses off little girls and then sending them back." And you're like, "What? What?" And I yeah, told, well, I told, I told, a, I told a, a historian, I go, "I can't listen to those because I I feel like I'm becoming unempathetic." And he goes, "Yeah, it's he goes, they're really tricky because what you gotta you gotta pay attention to who wrote the book." So like, yeah, right. like that's yeah. the one thing he's yeah. like, you got to pay attention to who wrote the book, because if you're reading it from like an old racist white guy, <laughs> it's going to come chief. out. Yeah. It's, it's the thing that sucks. It's, it's fake chief news. Jay Strongbow's autobiography. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he's like, you got to, you got to, if you want to hear about the Native American story, you should probably read one <laughs> yes. from a Native American, yeah. Yeah. not a white guy who lives in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Who, right. who loves right, dream yeah. catchers and turquoise, yeah, and, turquoise. <laughs> and i was like oh good point and that's why i was like listen man if i just found this out and i'm pretty smart well, that's the problem with all of our history we're like listen i learned more about black history in 2020 than i ever have and i have a bachelor's degree in all the years i was in education in I've, all of them i have killer learned. mike has taught me more about black history right? than any teacher I had in history or anything my entire life. Killer Mike. Killer Mike. I want him on the podcast. Might be, oh, God, might be the one shit. of the best. Uh, one of the best like uh, uh, beacons where you go. Like I, I just, you know, it's so funny. I, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know me. I'm just a regular dude. I, I really think about me and mine first. Like how am I going to take care of my family? How am I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the example of what people dislike i don't i don't help out at a homeless shelter i donate money but like i try to help people but i'm not like the most all right well then can i ask you a favor yeah all right i'm working right now with a program called outreach through the arts okay it's uh something that lana negretti who owns the santa monica music center she's a great friend of mine we've partnered up together she was teaching kids uh these are at-risk youth 
um, DJing and all like real skills. So they don't have to, if then if we know you're not going to college, cause let's not even get into the scam college can be, yeah. um, you don't have to go to little Caesars and work for minimum wage. Nothing wrong with that either, No, but you don't have to. We're, so I, when I saw this, I was like, can we teach these kids podcasting? And she's like, yeah. So we're now working with these at-risk youth and the Santa Monica police department. We're building them a podcast. Um, it's called project hood Edu- education through conversation. And they're sitting like the, the kids are 18, 19. They're sitting with the police and putting them in the hot seat and interviewing them. I had the chief of police of Santa Monica in my studio the other day, black female. Okay. I want her. I was like, you're, you're groundbreaking. She was, from what I've been told, she was the first black female officer, lieutenant, sergeant, captain, chief. Groundbreaking. And yeah. I said, why don't you come in and sit with me and we'll, you know, promote the show that we're doing. So we're working on one podcast with them, um, interviewing the police and talking about the community and anything they want. And then the other one, I, t- I came up with the idea. I was like, you know, what's popular in podcasting. So I said, why don't you guys work with the Santa Monica police department on old cold cases and you can do your own, um, what do you call it? Uh, true crime podcast and then sit the cops down in there and go based on this evidence, what's your opinion? And these are cases from sixties and seventies. So these guys don't get in trouble. Like, look, I'm doing my, I'm busting my ass on this case. (laughs) This is two weeks old. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to work on a, a thing with them. So I had Jason Ellis came in the other day, Adam Farrar, just come in and talk to the kids about podcasting in life. Then you that. could say you feel good about giving back. Cause I, I, I just left there to come here today. We did a class was, and that's the other thing supposed to be one time a week, three hours. They've been in there three times a week, every week they're in there. I mean, we started at 10 30 today and I left at like three to come here and they were still in there recording and, and they yeah, love it. I would love, love to, it. I would love to, right, I would I'll absolutely love that. And by the way, to, uh, uh, just to be fair, Leanne, Leanne's going to hear this and go, uh, "Hey, fuckface!" I, I have a I have a hard time I have a hard time donating my time. Like I, I'm, cool we don't have do- a lot I'm, of it. I, but yeah, well, no, I have a thing about people telling me what to do. Like mm-hmm. I have a weird thing about people, but I have no problem donating money. And 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 uh, you know, we'll take that too. Outreach through the arts, Santa yeah, Monica. I think music. that's awesome. I, I, I love it. It's you know why because I'm doing other shows and I'm they're watching me and it's the just shit that it's not sexy stuff it's the I need a URL I need a web hosting thing I need a fucking social media I need a title oh my god people have used that one ten other fucking times blah 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 and I was like all of this original song for your original logo all of that has nothing to do with even the production or post production on any of that you know so they're learning everything that goes in. And I, and I said, if you don't want to be in front of the camera, that's great, but you're going to learn how to run the cameras, how to do the audio, how to do the graphics, how to do the live switching that Ash does for me in the studio. And when you walk out of here, you have a viable skill that you can go get a day job and the connections you'll make in that industry, you'll be making 500 a day in no time. And to be 22, 23 at 500 a day in one in an expensive city like this, you could make it. You could really you know, progress without having to go to college. Oh, six fucking figures. So it feels good. It's look, it's what I wish 16 year old me had. I, I, I've had no parents since 16 years old. I've been working without a fucking net since I was 16. I, I can't call anybody to ask them for money or help or anything. And to be honest, I wouldn't have it any other way. It sucks that it went that way, but I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. No parents from then. And, you know, just going and helping these kids out. I took an at-risk youth. Um, it was a while back, and I. But listen, uh, we do hide our wallets. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 
Actually, at, can I get one of those knives? You're talking. I, I took an at-risk youth. Uh, I found him walking down the street one day, and I brought him into my podcast, and he's here today, Halston. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> hey, we need a mic for you, I think. So, <laughs> Wait, how did you two meet? Uh, no, he was walking down the street. Is this real? Yeah, it was real. I live across the street from him. And you were walking and He was what? walking down the street and... Uh, and you know how to do this shit or you learned how to do this shit? It was a little bit of both. It was so a little bit of both. You're telling me that the... Let me tell you the way, like, if, if I get drunk and mad at Halston, I'll tell you the way I say it to Leanne, okay? I've told him everything he fucking knows, okay? <laughs> guy knew fucking nothing and I told him. I was doing all this. Here's here's the deal. Is I was doing all this by myself, and I was stopping liking my podcast. Yeah, you I was, don't. When you do it all yourself, everything's a f and yes. And then you, as the busier you get, by the way, as I tell, have this speech about you, Halston, can you grab me a um uh? No, no, no. I want to go over to beer. I want to go to uh, uh one of the <laughs> the food fights. It's that white beer, second row. So um, I was uh. You see that white beer? It looks like it's cloud. It's really plain, painted. Yeah. Or like So, um, I love these food fights. I got to get them to sponsor the podcast. Oh, if fuck. This is, like yeah. Time, man. Um, so what happened was, uh, I was doing my podcast and I was complaining about doing it myself. Correct, Austin? Yes. Uh, this isn't what we drink uh, beer out of. The uh, the glass. What the fuck? Are you a child? <laughs> Give me that big glass. That big glass right there. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, Halston. I got to teach you everything. So I uh, so I was complaining about it, and I think Halston said he knew based on on the locations I was mentioning. He was like, I think I live next door to this guy. So you knew who Bert was, and you were a fan of the podcast, and you listened, so you knew what was required. And then one day he's walking down the street with his girlfriend. That is way out of his league i've been now, there, now fiance good fucking call good fucking call and <laughs> what's that oh, that's she right. yeah, proposed yeah, yeah, what yeah. that's where you're like that's where you're like, yeah you're like yeah lucky. this motherfucker this is what i'm talking about he he's got a hot girl who proposes to him Smoking the guy's hot. guy can do podcast and shit burt kreischer child child, child. Burt, she's like fucking 22 or burt kreischer moves in across the fucking street like i've never had luck like that Ever. Well, this isn't his dream. He's a musician. So his dream's musician. This is also his dream. Um, but uh, and so he was like, I think he was just going on a walk and and he's like, I think I know where Bert lives. And happened to be walking down the street as Isla and I were having a catch, and I was shitting on Isla. I was saying something about Isla, and he heard Isla. And then he was like, Bert Kreischer? And I was like, but by the way, so many people know where I live now, that old house, that uh, we had to buy a house. We had to buy a house. Yeah, I bet. This morning, this morning. This morning, I like to go out and sit with the sun in my face mm -hmm. and uh, have a coffee in the morning. And this morning, dude's walking down the street. I don't want to say that he was black because it makes it sound like his race matters. But when you get a compliment, it does. When a black guy compliments you, for some reason, it's you. a better compliment. Yeah, you feel better like, about it. No offense. If he was a pasty, balding white guy and he was like, you're real funny. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But when a black guy says it, you're like, that really means a lot to me, man. Hey, man. <laughs> like, What's whenever something that's not what you think is your demographic compliments you, you're like, I really appreciate it. So he uh, he's just walking down the street, and I'm having coffee. I'm getting ready to get on the treadmill, and he goes, uh, I go, good morning, and he goes, good morning, and I was like, he's, I go, beautiful day, and he's like, yeah. He goes, you're funny as fuck, and I was like, 
Oh, thank you, man. man. That just made my day. And then it's quiet for a minute. And he's about to pass the bushes and he goes, keep your shirt on. Just kept walking. <laughs> Doesn't that story better when you know he's a black guy? It's Hell, like, it's yeah. so much better. Way it's like better. so much better. Yeah, Cause it'll give you the love and the shit on you. A little like, bit. I, I understand. Yeah, I understand when you go, I didn't need to know he was dot, dot, dot in that story. Like I get that. I totally get that. And I didn't, and on my Instagram story, I didn't mention that he was a black guy. Cause I was, I, I was like, I just, no, it's not important. It but, is, but telling better. you when I tell when I want to dissect comedy, it matters. I someone said to me, someone said to me, your format is just trying to make black people laugh, and I went, what? And they go, every joke you have in your specials, in every special, it's you interacting with a black guy, and I was like, oh. Huh. And then I went through the did the math, and I was like, oh yeah, I got one of those is in every special I have. What, there's one joke of me trying to make a young black dude laugh. Like every fucking special, and I went. It's part of like I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, I it's I, I try to make everyone laugh. Well, it's I. You know, you're Florida. I'm Baltimore. It's you know, we came up in a different time in the '70s. Does and everything. no one remember that it was a different time for real? And to have a black friend. To have a black, you know, a girlfriend to date a black girl. Like, I always felt like I was king of the world. It always made me feel like I got through to, to people. And I realized, too, like the reason I know I personally get along with black people so well and understand is because I was raised by um, extended family. Like my grandmom took me in for a while and we lived with her. And so I, when, when I had black friends, they were going to live with my grandma. I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I used to blah, 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 whatever. So they, they didn't see me as this white kid. With you and Tom have a different thing though than I have. Like I, my, like I, I, I think, and I don't know for whatever reason, you guys just gel really quickly with black dudes. Like just really because quickly. we're, it's just, I can relate to, to a lot of the similarities in, in upbringing. Um, uh, you know, what absent parents or extended families or, you know, I, look, I was a white guy that I went to community college. They wouldn't give me loans or grants or anything. I had to prove that I was, on my own at 18 and no one could claim me so I could even get these things. And I, I would watch these students get grants and if not, and I want to make clear, it's not just black guys or girls, but anyone, and they would dog it. They wouldn't be in class, but I would, I'd be there. Your, your money is going to go to back to society. If you give it to a person like me versus someone who's just there because they feel like they have to be, or they're told to be or whatever. Um, so I always, um, Felt the same fucking way. I'll never forget this one time. Like my dad worked with all black dudes. My dad was a crew chief at Pan Am um, at, well, what's it? Ronald Reagan now. But back in the yeah. day, it was National Airport. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, and, fuck. Yeah, it was. And he worked there when that fucking jet crashed. Remember uh, that? whole? Uh, yeah. Air yeah. Florida. I'll never forget Air Florida him coming home the and putting that water. on the news. One that, right by now. the way, that I, I'm angry that I'm, and you know, when you talk about. Hang on. What the fuck is in this? This was outside of my house for fucking three weeks. <laughs> if the beer is ever going to be skunky, it's going to be now. But it didn't do it. But um, I'm upset that, um, like, I remember that so vividly. I remember that crash so vividly. Yeah. I mean, back then we there were three it. networks, not yeah. four. There wasn't all these other things to watch on TV. So it was everywhere. I want to say I watched it live. 
I watched them pulling people. Yeah, out of those ladies yeah. swinging on the rope and there. Yeah, of course. I will never forget. My dad's working. There. He's like, Jesus Christ, look at this. So there, he grew. He he worked with a lot of black guys, and they started introducing him to blues music. B, I'm still a huge BB King fan, uh, Albert King, all the all the greats, Freddie, all the kings. Um, and I remember one time specifically, we're in in this uh, neighborhood in Baltimore, we're in the city, and we're like the only white kids. And my dad's running into this place real quick. We're in a station wagon. He's like, "I'll be right back. You three wait here." It's me and my two brothers. We're probably like my my twin brother and I are like. 11 10 11 my little brother's like you know eight and we're cranking bb king sitting and waiting in this car and i will never forget these two like 20 some year old black dudes are just looking at us it's summer the windows are down they're puzzled and i'm like "Uh oh and they come walking over and i'm like oh fuck and we can't handle these guys we're you know we're like 11 yeah and they're like what are y'all listening to we're like oh this is bb king and they're like but you're white kids. And we're like, yeah, but we love BB King. It blew their mind. You know what I mean? They yeah. walked away feeling we like we did in that moment. They were like, ah, what the fuck? So I've always um, gotten along. I don't know. I, I just, I feel like black people are just not as judgmental as white people are yeah. and not as fucking, you know, uh, picky or just not as big a dicks as white people are. Yeah. It's, it's, interesting mostly me. i mean there's dicks everywhere but you know. i've always i've always been able to make friends with anybody but i've always come into place of 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 uh recognizing our differences where i go like uh, like i mean poor tony woods poor donnell red grant th like three of my better friends in this world where i could call and be like i need like donnell and i have leaned on each other a lot especially during the pandemic and uh and it's interesting is that like I've always come at it from a different place of like of like yeah I don't know anything about like I'm never gonna assume I know anything about I lived a very privileged life I think you know just in the fact that I don't I don't have to ever think about my color at all I go that's got to be pr some privilege that I just walk into a place sure, and I go, yeah, yeah yeah if you treat me like with disrespect I'm gonna get you fired like that kind of energy uh, I I and I think it's also where I'm at today where I I'm very empathetic of, to a lot of people so like when a karen happens i i end up becoming empathetic to both people no one should have that thing yelled at them but i understand i understand that hey man rage gets all of us and you say sh crazy shit when you're rageful but that's not a popular opinion it doesn't well get it's because the there's more than rage going on with the karens there's race racism going on with the karens but yeah but 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 people have people are People do shitty fucking things when they're rageful. Like I've gotten out of a car and tried to fight somebody. Yeah, no and you're, doubt. I'm like, that's not who I am. Like I, I, Tom and I talked about Reese Witherspoon recently. I hope to God we're not canceled for it, but it hasn't Damn. aired yet. It hasn't aired yet because, <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but I have a, a fucking theory that. Oh, fuck, never mind. I'm not yeah, gonna bring it. I'm not gonna rebring it up. Don't get two shows canceled. <laughs> yeah, don't get two. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I guess no one can cancel this one. No, hell no. Um, I, uh, I'll tell you, I, I've been doing this this story in my stand-up too, so I'm obviously not going to do a bit, but I will tell you that I've been very fortunate growing up as a, a young white kid to have worked with like older black men and and to be friends with some older black I've guys. Known, I've learned more from comedy yes. watching black dudes. Yes. Black women. Wanda. Let me tell you something. I, I actually, Tom and I were texting one time, critiquing a, 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 a comic, a comic, a white comic. And we're like, I don't think that comic has watched enough black comics. 
because there's no there's no energy to it you know it's like hip-hop you know i'm not saying method man's not a great lyricist right he is let's use mace as an example because i know where you're going i'm all in here and i never raise my voice yeah i don't have any energy and i'm just staying in this pocket right here the whole time yeah and 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 i go i go with method man when i first heard him me and my buddy mike osborne were like what's the thing and we're like i don't know but and then it was just fucking and you're like what the fuck and i'm not saying he's not a great lyricist but i'll tell you right now i was just i wanted to hear him talk like uh fucking um i'm trying to think of another great example method man is the perfect example of it's not sometimes it's not what you're saying it's how you say it mm-hmm. and and i texted like Chappelle. Chappelle man is the perfect example of like that guy could read fucking yes the phone book he could read uh baby beluga and i'll watch it i'm gonna watch the whole thing and i'll also pay five dollars yeah like it's it's he he says brilliant things it's that cadence i want to i wish i could be more like that this podcast is brought to you by blue box these are my blue box lenses these are the amber uh lenses that i got leanne got me a bunch of different pairs. These are my straight up reading glasses. I use these every day on set. I read so much better with these. Here, watch. These glasses are made in optic laboratories in Australia, not mass produced in factories in Asia. Stylish frames have been featured in QC and in Vogue. Science back technology tested to ensure they work unlike other blue light glass companies. This may cost a tad bit more, but trust me, they fucking work. It's worth the extra investment, in my opinion. Leanne bought Three lenses for me. These, a yellow and an amber. The yellow, I think, if I'm not mistaken, are during the day when they, they work under screens or artificial light. These ones, these are my reading glasses. Take a look. I, I can tell my reading glasses because I see this on the side. Everyone's got reading glasses these days. I know mine are because they say blue box on the side. Here's the deal. Blue box ships worldwide in rapid time, easy returns and exchanges. They also have other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs red light therapy devices, and a 100% blackout sleep mask. Why didn't I get that? All backed by science. Glasses for every need. The blue lights help with digital ushering. God damn it, Bert. I should have gotten these for my flight home. Anyway, go to bluebox.com slash Bert and use the coupon code Bert to save 15% off. That's bluebox.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Dot com slash bird and use the coupon code bird to save 15% off one more time. That's B L U B L O X dot com slash bird and use the coupon code bird to save 15% off. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? You're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bob with the trim. From the leaders in male grooming, the sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for the hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 3.0. Inside the package, you're going to find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is fucking next level, the weed whacker, which Oh, is the only thing I put in my ears and nose. And the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant, which comes in super handy if you are 
light on showers like I am in Serbia, and you just want to sniff up a little bit. The Reviver Toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. I'm telling you right now, this the trimmer is the best thing I've ever used on my balls in my entire life. You are going to fucking love it. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. I have, I'm going to share three, three things with you. So I, um, I used to work when I was, God, in my 20s, early 20s. I used to work at UPS, right? Shout out to UPS, Baltimore Hub, Primary One, Joe Avenue. And I worked graveyard shift. And um, it was just, I'm not kidding you when I went to get the job. that we were like 40, 50 people in the room, and I'm the white person. It's always been like that. I'm the white guy at an unemployment office in Baltimore City, and I get this UPS gig. And um, I start working around all these older black guys, and they're saying shit. And I say all the time, like anytime an old black man would give me advice, I fucking listen intently and I don't always know what they're talking about, but I know there's truth in all of it. And, um, I used to hear them say shit like that. They'd show me a guy fucking up. They'd be like, see that guy, Ryan, you know, what his problem is I'm like, what? And the guy would go, he's all on the mustard and he can't catch up. And I <laughs> would laugh so goddamn, but you know how true that is. He's just hot dogging over there. Yeah. He's all worried about image. Can't catch up. Right. So. I had this guy named John Lewis, right? Now, John Lewis, I still love this fucking dude. He trained me on E-regs. E-regs are irregular packages that can't go across the UPS belt. So anything with a wood crate or a transmission, anything that could tear the belt, you have to drive those five-car orange trains, load them on, whatever. They teach me how to do this. And I'm driving, working with this guy every night. And and he looks a lot like Reggie Lewis, but I don't want to say, you know, who you look like because then I'm some 20 year old fucking racist white kid. And one night John Lewis bends over and this beautiful fucking Celtics medallion drops out. And I go, I go, are you related to Reggie Lewis? He's like, I'm his uncle. I was like, God, I've been wanting to ask you and I didn't want to sound racist. And he's like, he's like, he, cause at this time he's probably in his fifties, you know? Yeah. And, you know, good looking black dude, fit, hat tilted on the side. Hey, baby, what's up? You know, yelling at everybody, knows him. He's been there forever. And he's just teaching me about life and everything. He's talking to me about Reggie. It's his uncle and telling me that Reggie had a brother that was better than Reggie, but he couldn't stay out of trouble. He's in jail, you know, all this shit. And um, he's teaching me one night about some shit. So I come in. It's like it's a Friday night. And we work till like four in the morning, you know, and I'm like, uh, he goes, what are you going to do when you get off tonight, Ryan? I was like, I'm probably just going to go home, smoke a joint, go to bed. What are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to fuck my wife. And he said it like angrily. And I was like, God damn, it's like that. I was like, how long y'all been together? He's like, about 30 years. And I was like, whoa, and you're still fucking like that. I go, dude, I, it's my biggest fear is that I'm going to stop fucking in a relationship. Like it's one of my biggest fears. What is the secret? And he goes, Ryan, and anytime that pause comes an old black man's about to drop some serious fucking knowledge. And that's when I would just dial in yeah. and he goes, this is exactly how I said it. He goes, you got to make that pussy pop. 
And I and I say the way he yelled pop and the way I jumped, I knew I had never fucking made a pussy pop. I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was so scared to interrupt him. He was just on a roll. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But my favorite guy of all. All right. This is my favorite fucking dude. This might be my favorite character from the movie of my life gone back. The oddball. So I worked um, from seventh grade until into college. I worked at my friend's dad's junkyard. All right. When we were young, we just got <laughs> recycling put together and put it in this dumpster and send it off. You know, all these old cars recycled and shit. And as we got older, I started. Junkyards to- are like country clubs for poor white people. Yeah, they like are. That is like Mike Young's dad yep. worked at junkyards. Like and junkyards again, are like- I learned more in those junkyards. I learned what cocaine was and what it did to you, you know, all working around. <laughs> these are guys that legit <laughs> dropped out in seventh grade. I learned that in New Orleans at Tulane. Yeah. So this guy, we had this, we had, (laughs) we had this little business and I didn't know it at the time. I'm driving stolen cars. I couldn't figure (laughs) out why my friend's dad would take me to these parking lots when I turned 16 and he'd be like, we're just going up to the Walmart real quick. You're going to drive this car, but I didn't give up. All I wanted to do was drive and I would get in all these cars and the fucking keys would be in there. And then sooner or later I was like, I'm like, why are they and then after about a half a dozen of those, I'm like, oh, and I realized I'm driving a stolen car. We take it. We make it disappear. It gets reported to insurance. They cash out. Got it. Yeah. So I didn't know I was in on that, but I'm in on that. So we had this specialist. All right. This guy's name was Meso. And now this junkyard was in Frederick County, Maryland and Baltimore City to Frederick County. It could take an hour and a half one way. My job is to pick Meso up down in the, and it's a, it's, I'll tell you what kind of neighborhood it is. There's an area called Madaman Mall. I walked in Madaman Mall. I walked two feet in. The first thing I heard was white boy. And I was like, <laughs> let me get the fuck out. <laughs> I don't white. need to kill. I want to kill time, not Ooh. myself. <laughs> so this guy's specialty was rolling back odometers, okay? And he could do anything. He could do, remember the early digital odometer that looked like the green alarm clocks? Remember those? Yeah. It would be like 86, <laughs> you know, and he could roll them all back. Yeah. And I know some people are like, why does that matter? Well, we would bring this guy out and he'd roll back the odometers on all these engines. So let's say we owned a car with 200,000. He rolls it back to 85. We're over doubling our money on that engine, right? Yeah. So my job is to go down to the city, pick Meso up, bring him out to the yard, and he's going to spend the day rolling back odometers, and then I got to take him down. Now, I pick him up, and I've never seen him. Uh, They just tell me, you're going to get this guy at this address. I'm like, all right. And this tall black man comes out. He's slender. He's got a Kango on, and he doesn't have a toolbox or anything. He's got one of those old school leather doctor alligator bags. You know what I'm talking about? That's his his toolbox. And I'm like, this dude's fucking died. And he gets in and we just small talk for an hour and a half out there. Cause the truth is I'm probably 21. I don't have the balls to ask him, how do you do this illegal yeah, shit yeah, or whatever? Yeah. And I take him out. Then I go about my day. He goes about his, and then I got to take him back. And now I've got the balls and I go, uh, this is a true story. I go, Hey man, how do you learn how to do all that? And, you know, he's telling me and just in natural course of conversation, I go, man, that is something. And he goes, that ain't shit. And I was like, here we fucking go. Oh. I'm about to get a goddamn nugget of some old black man wisdom. And he goes, you want to know what something is? And I go, I definitely want to know what something is. And he goes, all right, 
next time your dick's hard. And I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, wait, what? Next time your dick's hard. <laughs> like, bro, wait, we now, just, now I'm listening. I'm like, <laughs> we okay. were just talking about odometers. Now you got my dick all hard. And he, like I say, he's like, you want to hear about this? I'm like, yes, I definitely want to. He goes, all right, next time your dick's hard, put it in your left hand. And then you put your right one over it. And if there's anything still sticking out of the top, that's something. <laughs> that's what he fucking told me, dude. <laughs> this is how small my dick is. That's what he fucking told me. As you told that, I went, and then what? Are you going to rub it? Is that how you jerk off? <laughs> you going to corn, you going to fucking <laughs> crack corn if on it? there's anything up? sticking out oh, the top, shit, that's, that's something. That's something. That's what that's he said. That's something. <laughs> That's the oh. name of my next album special, whatever. That's something. That's what I'm calling it based oh on God. that. Meso, bro. I couldn't get over that. And my buddy Shannon's there hearing me tell a story. I was at Maryland Live with Tom, and he goes, Maryland Live? What's that? That was a casino we did in Maryland that uh, I always want to say last year. If, if I forget we lost a year of our lives two years ago. I yeah. always want to say last year because we actually did something but two years ago. The... Uh that's fucking that's something that's something i there was a oh my god this beer's hitting me sideways wonder how long this is outside for for real well you can't get sick from beer can you i don't know we'll find out have you ever had sex with a black girl no no, no i hooked up with one once but never had sex with them no you ready for this but i'm not just to be fair not there's no fairness in this, but I'm like I'm not a big sex guy. So like I, I've only had sex with six chicks. And so I'm it takes a little bit for me to have sex with someone. So hooking up is a big deal for me. Okay. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I hooked up with a black chick uh once. Um I didn't there's there's no, there's nothing. It's no story. I slept with a black girl one time and after we were done, she laid next to me and out loud to herself, she goes, I can't believe I fucked a white guy. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm right here. Dude, can I tell you the, the one, the one, uh, the one ethnicity that I just, I never really experienced growing up. Like when I was in my, my, my run of, of hooking up with chicks. Cause you know, I, I, I think I was in my prime from like 16 to 18 of like just hooking up. Like I said, and I, I do, I say this for boys that are like me that go, I don't know. I'm sensitive. Like I'm super sensitive and, and to have sex with someone I'm showing, I told, I, t- I told this to uh, Jeremy Pippen today. I was like, uh, for me having, I'm not good at sex. So like, it's like, you ever notice people that aren't good at karaoke, aren't the first ones to jump on stage yeah. and you're like, you're like, Oh yeah, that's, yeah. I only do this around friends. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, I just, I only had sex with like, I think just white chicks, like maybe, that's it really i think but i'll tell you if i could go back and relive my life in the way the way the world is now because i just didn't run into a ton of tampa wasn't that diverse um i'm very attracted to indian chicks pakistani beautiful beautiful. and i know understand indian and pakistani are two very different countries but that that area of of asia is just gorgeous, gorgeous. i mean gorgeous beautiful is like, beautiful gorgeous I, skin color no but no but i think like i think like, like i think like if you go i would argue some of the most beautiful beautiful women in the world are from there like i'm just so and maybe it's just because i i don't 
I didn't know that much Listen, about that. Listen, we're exotic to somebody somewhere too. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's all perception. You go to a You a mean country, I'm exotic? You're exotic, bro. I'm exotic somewhere. Right. That's a great name for a special, exotic. <laughs> I'm exotic somewhere. We're all exotic somewhere. Someone watches my Netflix specials and goes, "That is fucking sexy. Just overweight affluence." <laughs> Just like the way that that's fucking disgust like yeah, I the that Asian side, like I just, I think those women are so beautiful, yeah, and I Filipino never, I never, girls. like, I never, never really had an interaction. Take that back. Uh, there was a chick in seventh grade that was Indian. Her, uh, I, I wish I could remember the name of her family's name. They they went to school with me. Her brother was in my class. She was like two years older than us, and they played tennis with us. And then she was a great tennis player, and I was very attracted to her. But I was too young to make a move. I was like fourth, fifth grade. Um, I'm, I'm very attracted to like the uh, Russian type oh, chick. Like the Eastern Bloc Eastern girls. Bloc. Like yeah. there's a, there's definite features in their faces where you go. Strong oh, features. In those strong girls. features where you're like, oh, that's a, that's a like a beautiful. That those, obviously Nordic chicks. See, I think growing up, I thought Nordic chicks were what I like. Blonde. It was like the, the, the Swiss bikini uh the bikini team yeah, swedish right. bikini team or whatever that's what i thought i liked and then like and then i met my wife and i was like i never thought i'd marry a girl with freckles ever in a million years fair-skinned never and then there was something about it just it dialed into super i say this very pervy but like super sexuality like my wife for whatever reason there's a realness of having sex with her for me that every time draws me to ground zero where i go like every time it's just very primal like where i'm not saying that like uh uh that that wouldn't happen with someone else but the way my, my wife's skin fairness of it the fairness of it i don't know man it fucking throws me off every <laughs> fucking time every time and i and i think it was because i never thought i would be attracted to it ever and fucking every time it's a chemical thing. I really believe it's a chemical thing with people, certain people. You just have that connection or you don't. So do you think do you think it's the connection? Like uh how many times have you been in love? It's a really good question. I feel less than a handful. Three, maybe. Love oh, wow. in love. I've been in love six times. Four or five, something. I've been like in love six times. Yeah. Every chick I had sex with, I was in love. Oh, yeah, no. I was in love. Listen, with. when I was 18, I loved them. I said I loved them all. But here's the thing. I did. I don't, I didn't know what love was, but I'm pimply faced retainer. If you had sex with me, I fucking loved you. You know what I mean? I loved you for that. And for you. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's giving, what I look, was. We're guys. It's, it's a, it's a lot different to take a stick and put it in a hole versus being the fucking hole. It's a lot different. You yeah, know, we, yeah. I, I'll stick my dick in a light socket. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a lot different that my friend's wife said that to me one time. She's like, it's different when you take the, the dick. And I was like, huh? It's a really I've, good point. I, I used to have a bit that I could never work out, but really? I would never let someone come inside me. <laughs> like I'm just very anti coming <laughs> no. inside my body. I had a girl just in the last handful of years say to me, yeah, but after sex, you don't have to walk away wondering if there's a person growing inside you. And when she said it that way, a per not a baby, a person, I was like, yeah, I've never one time left sex wondering or worrying if a person was inside me. What? Yeah, no. Oh. No. I tried to explain my wife. I was 
this is a really bad analogy, but like I, I kept a very tight bubble through COVID, like a very almost. You did it, do a good job. It almost was bad for our family. I was supposed to come do two bears with you when all that shit broke loose at YMH, and I had just got through it. Yeah, yeah. That dude, that Drew shit spun me upside yeah. down, and Drew's still going through it. I still don't have smell. I still hardly have taste. I get tired going upstairs. I'm still For going real? through. Yeah. So wait, you're not a long crazy. hauler, are you? Yeah, I'm a long hauler. Mm-hmm. Shit. So wait, do you? How do you feel like? How was COVID for you? It was the six of us in my family and friends circle had it and it wasn't bad. I mean, it really look, I, if they would have, if anybody would have come to me and said, you're going to lose your smell and taste for a year, you're going to be tired for a year, but you don't have to go into one of these cesspool fucking hospitals. You're not going to die. You're not. I would have been like, check. Yeah. Check. I'm taking it. So I know people don't want to hear about it anymore, but um, it wasn't bad. Everyone, the worst was, I mean, none of us had fevers. None of us had diarrhea, stomach, nothing, nothing. I had, I had what would I would equate to a head cold for a week, and it was on like a four out of ten. What's your blood type? I think I'm a, whatever the most common is. I don't even know. To be I'm honest. O. I think. Oh, that's Today, the other thing. They say I've read that they think O might not be able to get. I don't know if that's true. I just read today. By the way, I'm not a doctor, and YouTube don't pull this video because do not listen to word I say ever. Okay. Yes. But this is real. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but this is the truth. No, uh, I, I read today that they said, Oh, that O has a really hard time getting it, which, which would understand why, like I was around two people who had it, two people who had it three total that had had it and I never got it. And I was always like, that's kind of odd that like, I never got it. I, I just find that odd that like, I was around people when, and other people that got it, other people around them all got it except for Drew's wife. She didn't get it, but yeah, like his son did, he said his son got and it. All he was doing was putting food under the door. And I think, and they said, they said the, the thing they released today. And by the way, today, I don't, today is uh March 19th. So I'm sure things have changed, but the thing they were saying is that people with uh, a, a B blood type, they're, um, they are, are more susceptible because of the, why would I even finish a sentence? <laughs> Why would I even? Because I didn't listen. All I heard was, oh, can't get it. And went, cool. Good. Swipe. <laughs> That's it. Read That's what all, I want. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I would ever sit here like I'm fucking Don Lemon and go, let me tell you something. Have about- you ever, like, obviously, I, I don't. Tom's injury is just absurd. But have you ever had a horrible injury? Like you ever break bones or anything like that? No. Oddly up? enough, I think I'm. I think I'm. Impervious, Are you unbreakable, bro? Impervious to Are you injury. Bruce Wilson unbreakable. I got to be honest with you. I'm, do you get colds and shit? Do you get sick a lot? You travel no. so fucking much. How do you not? I always get sick on a filthy fucking plane. Oh no 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 no. I'm I'm like a, a honeypot. So I think what happens, and I talked to someone about this. I think I've exposed myself so much. That my immune system's just fucking gangster. I was telling someone today, I was like, if I have, I was telling my trainer, I said, if I have a bottle of wine a night, I'm good. I can do whatever I want. I'm fucking, I can beat you in anything I want to beat you in. I can outlast you in a, on a treadmill. I can outlast you in a gym. Not anyone, but you know, anyone as fat as me. But like, like today, I'm working out with a guy that uh, one of my buddies comes in and trains with us, with me and my trainer, and he's, uh, you know, six foot. 
185 pounds, great shape, and I'm smoking them on the on the on the rowing machine. She was like, "Whoa, did you not drink last night?" And I said, "No, I had a bottle of wine." And she was like, "Whoa, aren't you hungover?" And I was like, "No, a bottle's fine." She's like, "Well, then what is too far for you? This is great the beginning question. of too far. This is the beginning of too far. A cocktail and a beer. A beer, because I'll tell you right now, a dinner is going to have a bottle of wine, and then I'll wake up tomorrow. I'm not going to feel so great. I'm going to feel like." I'm going to be like, and then what happens? I become very punitive with myself. And so I say, don't be a fucking bitch. Get up, get up. You're not going to like it. No one's going to like it. Get on the treadmill. Do one of Akeem's workouts on fucking on, on don't stop, won't stop, whatever the fuck it is. The thing I do run hard, run really hard. You'll sweat it out. You'll be good. And I, but my trainer again tomorrow. So I'll get up at nine, probably nine because it's Saturday, work out hard and then come here at two, work out again. And then I'll party pretty ball party balls tomorrow. But that is my um like I I don't get sick. I really don't get sick. And then and oddly enough, when I am sick, I don't notice it that much. Like I'm not a guy that like shuts down and I'm like Yeah, I've never been a bitch when I was sick either. I used to get you know what's funny? You say you you're right, because I remember being sick and I would still go play sports and that would clear me up. Yeah, I never I could breathe people, through my fucking nose I after I started under, running around. Now I understand people calling in for being sick where they go, I'm sick and you're like, oh don't get us sick. I understand yeah. that. I never understood someone being sick and not doing stuff. No, especially a sport I'm like or especially you, working you out. You got a cold. You got a cold. I ran the LA marathon with a chest infection. <laughs> I ran the LA marathon with the chest infection. I swear to you on both of my children's <laughs> lives right now, a chest infection. So what I did is I put, uh, I put, um, uh, halls, extra strength, menthol mints in each of my cheeks. So I didn't cough when I ran, I ran the whole fucking marathon with a chest infection without coughing, really without coughing. And I, I coughed one time and I almost shit my pants and I went, no more. And I put, cause if I have halls, mentholiptus, I won't cough. Ha, let me ask you this Go on ahead. stage. You ever sneeze on stage or anything? I in all the years, I don't think I've ever I have sneezed, sneezed only because I've been like, I've never sneezed on stage before. And then I had a I had one time I've never had to piss, stop the piss. One time I was the sickest I've probably ever been, meaning like people thought I was gonna die. Like I was just and I still did the weekend. I've not even remotely had a hard time getting through the weekend. I did the show. It was with Jameson Comedy Tour. And I Steve Byrne came up on the end of the show with me and brought a drink. I, oddly enough, I wasn't really drinking that weekend because I was sick. If I'm, but then here's the other thing: if I'm, if I start getting sick, I just stop drinking and it goes away. It's like I think I put a beating on my system so much that the second I pull that one variable out, my body goes, "All right, we're good, thanks." Um, and I fell off stage, drunk, no, or sick. Like I I did a shot with him. And then I just kind of stumbled, but I fell off stage. But I think everyone just assumed I was wasted. The next time I'm there, I'm there by myself. It's sold out, and I'm not like a household name at all. Like, not saying I'm a household name, but, you know. You're a household name. I'm not a household name. I'm a backyard name. Like, someone will bring me up around a grill. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. And so, and so. I hear a girl in line go, hey, is he going to be drinking tonight? And this lady goes, I I don't know. I'm sure he is. She goes, because the last time I was here, he fell off the stage. He was so drunk. And I knew I wasn't drunk, but I did fall off stage, and I did do a shot with Steve. I did do a shot with Steve, and I fall off stage. I was like, I am not drinking tonight. I am not drinking at all tonight. I get on stage, start performing, and they start sending shots to the stage. And I'm like, listen, guys, 
I'm not really doing shots tonight. Like I'm really working on material. And they're like, boo. And I'm like, guys, guys, seriously, like I'm really working on material. And I was like, boo. So like I get through like more 15 more minutes and more shots show up. And I'm like, guys, seriously. I go, listen, can we be really honest? There's a woman in this audience right now that I heard you. I know you're in this room. <laughs> I go, you. I heard you in line say that Bert was so wasted last time he was here, he fell off stage. And it got in my head. And so, ma'am, for you, I'm not doing these shots. And then she stands up and goes, I'm the one sending the shots, motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, what? She goes, do it again. Fall off stage. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I've only ever had to cancel. It was my first big weekend at an improv, and it was Brea. And they gave me that. Dan managing? Well, he was GM at the time. Okay. Uh, they gave me the Christmas weekend, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I was love like, those okay, yeah. I'm down. It's December 26th. I'm in the shower. It's 2014 because my daughter was just born. And all of a sudden, I dropped to my knees. I have never had pain like this. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I know I need to go to the hospital right fucking now. I call the hospital or uh, the improv, I tell them, like, I'm going to the hospital. I'm in the shower to get ready to drive to Brea. I'm not yeah. making this show. And they're like, what, what can we? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm going to the fucking hospital. Ends up I have kidney stones. And that's the beginning of hell because the kidney stones started. Then next thing you know, both my legs are clotting. And I'm like, what the fuck's happening to me? And then there's a doctor. The doctor's telling me I got to go speak to this um oncologist and i'm like isn't that a blood cancer doctor and like don't freak out i'm like i'm freaking the fuck out and they're like don't freak out but we don't normally see both legs god i'm like yeah all these things are not helping me so i um i end up um going to this oncologist and and the dude's like listen um here's my personal cell phone number i was like huh i go listen i've never been more scared in my life you're giving me your personal cell phone number he's like your numbers are really fucking high. Like higher with what? <clears throat> with what? Like so when it comes, there's a like I know cholesterol, anything over 200 is bad. I don't know what the clotting number is, but whatever that number yeah. was, I was extremely exceeding it. And he's yeah. like, it is my belief that if I put you on blood thinners for a week, we'll get you back to zero and you'll be good to go after that. But something's happening right now. I don't know what it is. We have to run tests. Blood thinners more than just like <clears throat> baby aspirin? You way more than baby aspirin. Okay. Like it's funny. Every doctor I met with said, look, you're in your 40s. If you have to be put on blood thinners now, it's not good. Because if you get in a car accident or something, you, it's over. You'll bleed out. You'll uh, you'll bleed out before you make it. You know, so they're testing me. He's like, this could be leukemia. This could be lymphoma. This could be, And I'm just freaking the fuck out. And it takes a few days to get the goddamn results. So the whole time, all you can think about is death and you know, you're trying no, to stay no, no, positive. No. Yep, 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 yep. I'm canceling a doctor's appointment next week. So I don't like, want to deal oh, with it. Oh God. So I go in <clears throat> and um, they come in and they tell me good news. You don't have cancer, but you have this thing called factor five lighting. And it's a disease I've had since birth and, and people live to hundred and die and never even know they have it unless an issue arises. And what it means is my blood is thicker and it's prone to clotting. So oh, I have that's to be so careful. interesting. I have a friend who's having a hard time getting blood pulled out of his arm right now. Do you know who we're talking about? No. Oh, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um, and um, I will never forget the lady, the nurse came in. She goes, how do you feel? And I go, just, I feel relieved. You know, I feel like there's a monkey off my back. And uh, she goes, listen to me. And she sat down next to me and she goes, it's my job every day to tell people that they have cancer. Today, I got to tell someone they didn't. 
you go fucking celebrate that. And I was like, well, I still have chills saying, and I was like, I'm going to fucking celebrate that tonight. And she's like, you go celebrate that. So I've got this weird disease. That's why I got to wear fucking compression pants when I fly and shit. Oh, yeah. Not not regular. Just when I fly because of altitude and stuff. And I'm the asshole. It's got to get up and walk the aisle and stand in the back. You know, you're always like, why are those assholes back there? That's me now. I'm so, back there. So when was this? This was 2000. <clears throat> this was tw- the, um, from December of 2015. And it took me to about June of 2016 to, f- it took them that long to figure out what was going on, everything. And it's funny cause I was 42, which is the age my father was when he died. And I really felt like history was about to repeat itself. And I was laying in my bed. I had pain in my chest. No one could tell me what it was. Um, it ended up being stress from the split of my daughter's mom and everything. And I, I laid on my bed and laid on my back and I looked at the ceiling and I just cried and I was like, this is it. It's over. And then somehow I ended up falling asleep and waking up in the morning. And that was the day I just was like, fuck this shit no more. And I just, you know, took hold of it. What, what happened with the kidney stones, man, that fucking thing, those things suck. And it, I wonder if I have them sometimes. You, and then, and then, and then I hear, talk to guys who had them. Bro. I, my, I, my favorite one, my favorite story of kidney stones <clears throat> is, uh, I'm sorry if I'm outing this person, but, uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy the, ma- the mouth of the South, nah, the ma- wrestling manager. Yeah. I remember, I remember, uh, I said <laughs> something. I said, I was with my buddy Cowhead, Mike Calta, and I, and, he saw Jimmy Hart. I, I'm, I'm so my memory's so bad. I'm not certain if Cowhead simply told me this, or if I was with him at lunch when he ran into Jimmy Hart. And Jimmy Hart said to him, "He said, hey, how you doing?'" And he goes, "Michael." I don't know what he said. By the way, I, I don't know what he said. Cowhead's gonna fucking light me up for this. He's like, he definitely didn't call me Michael. He goes, "Drink water. Always drink water. You do not want kidney stones." It's funny that one interaction that my buddy Cowhead had with Jimmy Hart, I never forget. Like, I remember lemon it. water. Lemon water? That's what the urologist told me. That's the secret to fucking everything is lemon water. Done. That's all I got to do. Get up in the morning. Hey, have, someone hit up someone some hit, lemon water. Someone hit up liquid death. Let's make lemon water. Lemon water. Let's bro. make lemon water. Fresh lemon in your water. I bought one of those pitchers that has the little cylinder in the middle and I cut up lemon and I put it in there. So it flavors the water and then you just pour a glass. So then how's your blood now? Blood's good. But, um, you know, I, these kidney stones. So I I went to the ER, they sent me home. They're like, you just got to wait till it passes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't give me. And then they're like, well, once it passes, you're good. Cause then it's, it's out of your, so the way it's explained to me is they call them your urinal tubes. And they're, and and they're like a hose. Like, kidney size stones look like the coronavirus, bro. They're like spiky. Yes. And oh, great. I'll yeah. tell you, I saw mine, but the, the way your, you know, your vagina, your whatever is, it's meant to expand, but your tubes in your body are not meant to expand. So you're, you're basically shoving a throwing star down this fucking thing and it's not opening, it's not giving, but it's going and it's bl- ripping everything apart. And then finally it gets into your your uh, bladder and you're like, oh, because it's like throwing a pebble in a swimming pool. But next step is you got to piss that thing out. It hurts your dick. Oh, it hurts your fucking dick. Some of them are so big, they have to blast them inside you or do a surgery to cut them out because you can't. Because the other thing is, like you say, it's jagged. It's listen, my my fucking they give you a strainer. They tell you to go home and sit and pee and 
and peeing that so damn thing. So you're just thing. drinking water. And you're just trying to get that thing out. And I remember the day it happened. It got right to the edge and I, I couldn't get it out. And I'm taking a shit and I'm like, if this thing goes in the shit, I'm not digging in the shit for this. It's, you know, they're not big. They feel like they're this fucking big in yeah. And the next, I knew the next piss I took, it was coming. I knew. And I fucking pissed and it shot out. And I was like, yes, I am. Yes. 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 I finally got it out. And then you save it and you take it to them and they'll, they'll tell you what's in it. So I was drinking a lot of iced tea and, and having too much dairy. And they said the combination of whatever's in iced tea and dairy forms this fucking shit. Jesus Christ. So I had to I'm dial right it back. Going, all I thought was, please don't say Kool-Aid and beer. <laughs> I had to dial it back. And um, so you then you. But it took. and But then that's what started the blood clotting. Once I got that through, then my body started showing this other disease that I had that I had no idea I had till for 42 years. And, and then everyone in your family's got to get tested. So I tell my brothers, they don't have it. I tell my mother, she doesn't have it. So I find out that my dad had it. I got it. I'm the only one. And now after thinking all this time, since I'm 16, 26 years yeah. that my father's died of a heart attack. They're now thinking that he had this and died officially of the clot. Of the clot, yeah. And they of think that a lot of times in the 80s, they said, look, technology and, and medicine has come so far that a lot of times back in the day, if you died young, we just said heart attack. But what they're really realizing is a lot, it's clots that are a lot a big problem for a lot of people. So yeah. So now I'm good. I'm not on blood thinners. I was just on them to get me back to zero. We did a bunch of tests and I've been good to go. And he turns out this doctor had it. He's like, my brother had it. And I'm a blood doctor. I tested my own blood. I got it. And I'm like, you've never had an incident. He's like, never. And I wouldn't even known I had it. So really, yeah, you can live just there's people out there right now that have it and have no idea because their body hasn't reacted to it. And it's it only so happened because of this kidney stone shit. I, I wonder, I, I, I feel like I've, the way I've been working out lately, I'd know if I was going to have a heart attack, so I would have already had it. Like today, I definitely would have had a heart attack. I was fucking definitely, I was gasping for air. But then you think blood clots. That you don't even know. The, blood clot is a light switch. You could just be walking, doop, 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 you're done. Like that, bro. Like that. And you don't you don't get the warning sign of the the, the it's traveling into your lung or your brain. It's just you, you hey Bert, what cut down, done, like light switch. Oh, I that I, I mean, already. I watched okay, my father died. We found him dead in his bed in the morning. We have to live then we're on our own. My mother, we get put into this home with her, this apartment. She leaves us for weeks at a time to go live with her boyfriend. And it's me and my two brothers raising ourselves, getting ourselves to school, going every day, signing our permission slips, doing everything. Then my mother kicks us out when we turn 18 because she doesn't get the social security check. We move in with my grandma, my dad's mom. A year later, year and a half, I'm sitting in a little chair just like this. There's a table right here, just like this, and a lamp, and her stairway goes up here. We're in a little row home in, in Baltimore County, and uh, my brother's sitting there with me. We just got home from community college, which wasn't a mile from my grandmom's, and everything's different on a day. When you really go back and look, like the night my father died, he was laying on the couch watching TV, and I always stay up late, always, and I, I didn't that night. I went to bed, and... I don't know. We None of us know if he yelled, called for help. None of us. He just, we woke up and he had been dead in his bed. But my grandmother, what usually she called it, I'm going to go take five. And she would just lay across her bed and just chill for five, 10 minutes, a little nap, and then up. But she always kept the door open. This day, door shut. 
We're sitting down there and that door flies open and she, her last words were somebody help me. And then she stood up erect and I mean, boom, down on her face, arms to her side, broke her nose, teeth came out of her fucking mouth. And my, I'm already on with 911. And I was a lifeguard at the time. My brother's at the top of the steps. He doesn't know what to do. And I'm telling the lady, I'm a lifeguard. I know CPR. So we switch and because they want you to be on the phone till the ambulance comes. I go to the top of the steps and I'm giving my grandmother fucking CPR, mouth to mouth, chest compressions, all of it. And she had this picture right here behind me. Great, great comedy jam, by the way. Oh, was that? That's the end of the world. End of the world. When they legalized marijuana. Oh, here's comedy jam. So there's this picture of Jesus on her wall behind me. And my grandmother's just looking through me. And she's going, (gasps) and gasping for life. And I'm, boom, boom, mouth, you know, all the compressions, you know. Firemen get there. They just throw your, they don't, they don't come in and gently move your shit They're They'll come in here right now and flip this shit out of the way. And they make a big room. They bring her down the stairs. They rip her fucking top open. And now you're seeing that. And they're, the paddles have always freaked me out. I had never seen them used on a person, but even in TV, just to see a, a lifeless body just little, has always weirded me yeah. out. And they did that and they got a lot of color back in her. She looked much better. I mean, she was blue when, so they take her in the ambulance and my brother goes with her and I stay to give the police report and to put the house back together. And I'm going to go meet them at the hospital and um, everyone leaves and I'm by myself. I go to the top of the stairs and I just see her fucking teeth in the carpet and I'm picking my grandma's fucking teeth out of the carpet. And I look up on the wall and this picture of Jesus is tilted and I can't help but think, like, I think my grandma was trying to see Jesus when she was dying. And I blocked it. I feel like Jesus was doing everything he could to fucking give her a fucking look. And I think I blocked that fucking vision for her. And then they called me and told me she died on the way to the hospital. <laughs> I think I blocked her fucking shot Jesus. I can't. I will. Oh, I can't help. And then they told you she was dead. <laughs> and they called. Oh, and I said, "How is she?" How is and they she? said she didn't make it. I just lost it. I was like, "Oh my god, this is our dad and our grandma in a handful of years. We now have nobody." And I'm looking at that picture. And that picture was like he was like trying to do everything he could. Ryan, Ryan, get out of here! I think she was trying to gasp, but like, get the fuck out of my. Just let me see my Lord and Savior before I. Oh, oh, oh God. Oh, and then I would go up and and we kept her home like she had it. I never felt like it was my home and and I would vacuum and I would hear her teeth rumble in the vacuum because it was still in there. Oh, my God. I would fucking I I, to this day, I will go straight in a picture if I see a crooked like it really had an impact on me because I do think (laughs) she was trying to be like, hey, man. Just a little bit to Move your fat fucking head, you ass. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's so great. That's such a great story. <laughs> God. Fuck. <clears throat> yeah, I've seen a lot of death. You've you've said you've had you've dealt with so much fucking death. Death and a sadness. Lot. And sadness. Yeah, and even a lot. like the you're you're split up from your chick. Yeah, it's sad. It's just it how do you compartmentalize that to your daughter where you're like 
Hey, it gets worse, just so you know. Like, yeah, I know. Like she's, I'm sure she was probably, maybe she was too young to know she about. She was one, but now she's six and now she asks. Yeah. Do you love my mom? Absolutely. And I do love her. I tell her all the time, your mom gave me the greatest gift in the world, you. You know, I, I try to explain to her that some people are better being friends than they are parents or lovers or whatever. Yeah. And I, I tell her all the time, you have friends. I, I can list 10 kids that are from split homes with her. So she yeah. gets it, you know, Hey, this person, that person, this person. But you know, she talks about like, she said to me one time, can we all live together and be a real family? I go, Hey, listen to me. We are a real family. I don't ever want to hear that again. I go, your friends who live under the same roof. Some of those people aren't happy and you're better this way. You know, you've got two parents who love you and anyone that we bring into this is going to be vetted and it's going to be a good person and they're going to fucking love you. So yeah, You've got the best of both worlds. It's not good to be under a roof like some of the neighbors or your friends you hear arguing and we yelling. We see shitty families. Sometimes shitty a families shitty pass families. off as like, yeah, but we've stayed together. And you're like, oh, maybe right. you shouldn't have. I'm just trying to break the cycle. I am my grand, my dad's parents weren't divorced and neither were my mom's. Uh, but but both grandfathers died. So they were single women at that point, widows. Yeah. Um, but my parents no, and I want to get that shit out of the way now and stop that shit. Now. Well, I don't, you know, things have changed so much from when I was a kid. When we were kids, about like what divorce was, and then it goes to like fifty percent of households are divorced. Yeah, I said to Isla the other day, I, we, were I'm, your parents together all the time? No, the they split way? up for a little bit, but they got back together. They got back together, and it worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we tried that too. That's they're they're together, and they they're they're good. I, I joke about it, but. I think, but how many years are we talking at this point that they've been? Oh, they've been together. They've they've been together twenty. No, what forty? Yeah, it's got to be forty-eight, forty. And what was their split? How long? Year and a half, two That's years. Not long. Yeah, not not, not when you're talking about forty fucking it's years. Funny, I, I I you know really had this. I had a I have a perfectionist view on life where I looked at my parents' marriage as like, well, they'll never get divorced, and that was it. I was just kind of like bookended it with that and then when they split up i was devastated i was super devastated and i and how old were you 21 okay all right I was 21 and and uh and that it really got to you huh it got to me it changed what who was, I was. It? what bothered you about it that my dad cheated oh that's why okay yeah it bothered me that but did he date that woman then when they split yeah stayed with her for uh a year know, and a half a year and a half and then and then kind of broke up with her and uh it was when I went to Russia, but they were split up while I was in Russia. And I think that was me figuring, trying to figure out my personality or figure out who I was. Cause I didn't have, there was no stability in my life anymore. Like you couldn't, I didn't want to go back to Tampa because my dad was living in a, a barn and my mom was living in that house, but my mom was tapped out at the time. And I, I hope she would hear this kindly, but was just like, would sit in the back, was really angry, was really angry, sit back and drink Heineken's and smoke Virginia Slims. My mom's not a smoker. And my mom always have a beer with you, but like would sit back and was not a happy person at the time. And I guess my dad was happy, but we never saw him because he lived in a barn and and you almost had to pick sides. And my little sister, Cotty lived with my mom. Oh, so you so did split? They split. And then. Um, and you lived with your dad? No, no, no. I, I was in college at the time. Oh, okay. So you, I was 21. You're just way totally. I was, ta I was tapped out. Right. And, and I remember my uncle Jerry called me. To talk about it. And this is your dad's brother or your mom's my, brother? My dad's uncle, oddly uncle. enncle. Oh, enough. Okay. They're the same Great age. Uncle. But it oh. was yeah, but it's his 
Jerry was an accent, not an accent, whatever you're going to say, but he was, uh, my dad's mom was like 17 years older than Jerry. And, and, and my, my grandma had my dad when she was like 18. Mm-hmm. So they're a few years apart. Right. Um, maybe more than that. I'm sure if my dad heard this, he'd be like, you have no fucking recollection. <laughs> we're not, we're yeah. not going to. Yeah. No one fact checked any bro. of this. <clears throat> and so my dad, uh, my Uncle Jerry called me and he was like, have you talked to your father? And I, and I remember saying to my Uncle Jerry, I was like, he's not my dad. He was like, I don't ever want to hear that come out of your fucking mouth. My Uncle Jerry doesn't curse. He is very Catholic. He's a very intelligent, successful man. He said, he's your father. He is your father. He is just a man also. And one day you will realize that. One day you'll realize you're just a man. You're not a hero. You're not better than anyone else. You're just a man. He goes, he made some poor decisions and poor and great men make poor decisions. He just gave me this speech. I was sitting on the stoop outside my girlfriend's house at the time. Very pivotal conversation because I stopped hating my dad at the time and started forgiving him. So you actually hated him? I hated him. I hated him because I was like. Because he hurt your mom? or Because he hurt my mom. He hurt my sisters. My little sister had a real rough run of it. Um, she just got really lost in the whole thing. She was, she's 10 years younger than me. So me and my sister at college and my younger sister is at home dealing with it. And, and, uh, and it was just, it was bad around the board. So probably, just to be fair about honesty, probably the biggest hiccup I've had in my life was that moment. And I, and it was, but had fun. you communicated that to your dad that you were feeling that way? Or was this just something you were holding it or to your mom or anyone I else? I communicated just- it to my mom. I, my mom got me into therapy um, I started doing therapy and I didn't like it. I just thought it was stupid and I stopped doing therapy. And, and, and coincidentally, my dad got into therapy to try to figure things out and he stopped doing therapy. He was like, this is stupid as shit. And we both <laughs> thought it was stupid. And I remember that one of the first conversations I had with my dad that made me laugh was I said, yeah, I went to therapy and he goes, it's dumb. And I went, yeah, it's very fucking dumb. And he goes, oh, the guy, I go to the therapist's office, his car's unwashed. I said, really? My dad was really big about having a clean car. Because like, I think he grew up with no money, so you had to have a clean car, right? My dad cleaned it, washed his car every morning. Every, every morning? fucking morning my dad washed Just his car. Just out there hosing it and my stuff? My dad, I do this thing still to, my, to this day. A way my dad showed love was he'd go out and he would, before you left to go drive to school, he'd hose your car off. Like if it was my mom's car, he'd come out in the morning, like, you know, you're getting ready to go to school, like 7 in the morning. My dad had to be at work at like 8 or 9. He'd come out, and as you got in the car, he'd hose it off. Make sure it was all, like, all the dew was off yeah. of it, all the dust. I still do that to this day, and I think of my dad. Every time I do it, I go, I think of my dad hosing the car off. Yeah. And um, I, uh, and my dad said his car was a mess, and I was like, oh. I was like, in my head, I was like, this therapist didn't stand a fucking chance. And my dad said, I stood by the window of his office, and I said, which car is yours? <laughs> and my dad walks in for his first therapy appointment, and he goes, I'm going to call my dad and have him tell the story. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is it's it's <laughs> such it, 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 it is so who my dad is. Where I got I got such a kick out of it. I go. My mom's in Philly right now. My dad's in Tampa by himself. Um, God damn it! Where's I've been lifting so many weights lately, which is not a statement any, anyone ever thought they'd hear me say. That you I go. Sore? I'm so fucking sore. Can you wipe your ass all right? Uh, reach around. By the way, yeah, because before I couldn't reach. Yeah. I, was, I got so fat I had a hard time wiping my ass. 
Make sure my dad doesn't answer and hear that. He's like, what's that? <laughs> By the way, it's 908. Hey, what? you there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was telling, you're on the podcast, on my podcast. I'm talking to Ryan Sickler. And I was telling him, I was trying to explain you going to therapy for the first time and and witnessing that your therapist didn't wash his car. Can you tell that story really quick? Oh, Lord. What? <laughs> He thinks that his evaluation does us obsessive, compulsive, because I told him I washed my car every morning. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, so I stood up and I said, tell me, which is your car? <laughs> and he goes, uh, it's that red one down there. And I said, that's filthy as shit. <laughs> Who's got who's got the bigger problem? (laughs) Oh that's (laughs) that's the best. That makes me laugh so hard. He didn't laugh. I was telling Ryan, I was like, I go, I I feel a connection with you. I go, every how often did you wash your car growing up, would you say? Oh, my, I mean, my father's car or my car? Your car. I said you washed your car almost every day. Uh, virtually, I would say five times a week anyway. That's yeah. every day. Yeah. Do you still do that? Do you still wash your you car? still spray it off? No. You know, I, I'm 73. So I, for $50 a month, I get unlimited car washes. <laughs> so he's, still got, he's, got, he's got a membership. <laughs> I was saying to Ryan that sometimes I, I feel a connection with you. Sometimes when the girls are getting ready to go to school and they get in the car and uh, I'll go out and I'll grab the hose and spray the car off for them. Do you remember doing yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 40 some years ago, Bert. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going back okay. to the podcast. I love you. Okay. Take care. Good Bye. talking to you. Bye-bye. Notice he didn't say I love you. Yeah. There's a weird thing about that. Like he he'll he'll say I love you. Is it that old macho shit? I, where no, a man I, won't say I think I love he'll you. say he says it to me, but he just doesn't say it like all the time. Sometimes you'll say it, and I think his go to is like, okay, sure, take care. Yeah, have a good one, bud. And but but uh, but yeah, he was a. St- I remember one time. I'm so jealous of that moment right there. I, you know, you don't even know how much I wish I could just even call <sighs> my dad. Uh, Forget I, putting him on the podcast. Can I tell you probably the reason I connect with you so well is that my dad lost his dad at a young age. Did he? And he think I mean like if I I couldn't even bring it up to him he start crying. Oh. He he gets he thinks so intently about how how old was he? Your dad. 13. Oof, yeah. 13. Be ready for this. My dad officially, okay. He died October of 1989, or excuse me, November of 27th, 1989. And um <laughs> This is true. This is ridiculous. November 27th, 1989. They lay him out on the 28th and the 29th, and the funeral's on the 30th of November, which coincidentally is my younger brother's 13th birthday. They bury my dad. I'm not kidding you when I tell you. At the wake, we went back to the house, and it was a bunch of tears and shit. And then somebody's like, happy birthday. I'm like, who the fuck organized? Oh, my God. Oh my God. We had a birthday wake, bro, for my dad's dead and my brother celebrating his 13th birthday. All in the one. People are looking at each other like, they're looking at us. I'm like, I don't have anything to fucking do. I'm with you on this. So then without a dad, how did you know, like, what steak to order at a restaurant? I did. Or, like... I did, and I really believe that something like that has set me back 10 years in, like, money. I didn't know about it. I knew how to make it, spend it, 
I knew I should save it, but I never had it to save. It yeah. was make it, pay it, make it, pay it. I didn't know about your money making you money. I didn't know about stay. I didn't know a good steak is flipped once. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. I, 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 one I said, time I said to my, I was on one of my first few dates with Leanne, we went to a steakhouse and I called my dad from the steakhouse. I said, Hey, I, I'm figure. I, I can't remember what steak I want to get. And he goes, filet buddy. I said, well, wet age or dry age? He goes, oh, fucking dry age. Don't do the wet age bullshit. Go dry age. Go dry age. Filet. Wait, wait, what else do they have? And I'm on, I'm on a date with Leanne. And she's like, who the fuck are you? You can't make a decision on what steak you want? And I was like, and now her dad adversely, when Leanne had to, her dad is uh, very, um, very simple. I think it was the easiest way to say it without sounding disrespectful. But her dad likes a steak well done. He He's not like a, he's not a, he doesn't go to a lot of steakhouses. Like if he has a steak, it's you know they're making steaks at the lake house. He's a, he's a, he's a, uh he's from a small town of like twelve hundred people, so like she had to learn that a steak medium rare is how you're supposed to have it. Right. She had to learn that on her own by messing up, and then someone saying no, 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 you won't. You know those awkward things. And so for to watch me go, like I'm calling my dad. I still call my dad. I, if I go to a steakhouse, I call my dad. It's a moment that I have with them where I go, hey. uh, bone in or a bone out and he goes oh god well so you know the bone in's a ripoff he said like i can predict the sentences you're gonna say um but he he has it's the dads are such an important thing yeah. with people because my dad lost his dad at a young age and when we started when we first started hanging out and you told me about losing your dad i, j I immediately go to my dad where i go oh my dad i know i know that guy I know that guy that had to figure it out all on his own where life was a little unfair because. Well was, then, but, but hopefully he still had a mom. My mom was gone before that. So usually a kid that even the kids that I grew up with that had lost a parent, they still had one. Yeah. We had none. We were the house that you came to from 10th grade to senior year, Monday through Sunday to hang out with us. And parents let kids, you know, Still got a 3.0. I was there every day, but but sports is what saved me because if I did, if you didn't go to school, you didn't get to play sports, and there was no way I wasn't playing yeah. my fucking sports. So I would make sure I got good grades. But my father taught me how to. He died when I was 16. We got a lot of quality time, but fish, crab, taught me you know uh, how to change oil, how to drive. Like he taught me shit. But That's like so impressive when I had a fucking daughter. I would have loved to pick the phone up and be like, 1973 and you're dropping twins? Like, how the fuck? Please help me. Yeah. And now I'm a single dad. I went back to my daughter's mother to try to work it out just like my dad did and it didn't work. And I could have had Talk that hindsight. Talk to him. You know, it's, you're just figuring it out on your own is, uh, it's been a challenge, man. It's been 32 years of it. I'm 48 now, so. Um, I don't know. I think I'm both, starting to get we there. Both look younger than Tom. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Tom's Gore, when I first you know, the thing that made me bomb with you without even meeting you at first is one of the times uh because I used to tell Sigor, like, you're you're in your twenties, bro. I thought you were in like your fucking thirties or forties. Yeah. And uh he said the first time or when you first found out how old he was, you're like, Man, you look like shit. <laughs> just changed everything like when you find out he's that young you're like dude you look like it's the reason every time it's our birthday he goes my buddy ryan sick was yeah. 67 today Do you know how many people hit me up seriously thinking i was 63 or whatever the fuck hang on one second what i want to make mean? sure i don't need anything hey what's up
I'm doing a podcast. Hello. I'm I can edit this out, but what's up? Talk to you later. Nothing urgent. Okay, bye. We're in like go time, crunch time for everything. So every fucking phone call is like every phone call is fucking super important. All of a sudden they're like, Hey, I've got dot 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 and dot 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 for you. And you're like, Oh, okay. So funny, when I was younger, I I I uh the maturation of a career, I don't know if that's a real word, but the maturation of a career where you go the things you want when you're younger that you think would be cool to have when you're younger, then you get when you're older and you think, I can't believe I wanted that. And, and then not, I'm not saying like, but like I remember one time, there's a perfect example. I, I remember one time hearing about like Hollywood uh, implosions at an agency where agents called their clients and they're like, we're all leaving. You got to pick, you got to go with us now, yeah. make, make a call right now. I've had that happen to me and it is the fucking worst. Yeah. On a it, spot, you have to make a decision. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I don't ever want that again. I don't ever want to deal with that. And then, uh, and then certain things where it's like, I remember Amy Schumer telling me one time we'd worked together in, uh, we, I'm sorry, we didn't work together. Uh, we were both important at the same time. She did a theater, I did a club. And she came by the club to party and we partied, had a good time. And then, the next morning I saw her at the airport. This is probably right before she must have been still in her 20s, I'm guessing. And uh and you know, I don't know what I don't know where I was in my career to be honest with you. Um but she was she's got to be like about to be doing train wreck, doing inside Amy Schumer, doing all that is happening. I'm sure there was a book deal. And I remember her so candidly, not not like I was listening and not like she needed me to listen. Just saying, I didn't know it'd be this much work. It was like, it was such a really profound statement the way she said it. Like, I didn't know it was going to be this much work. And I was like, is it bad? And she goes, it, it doesn't stop. And now I can't imagine where she was at the time. I wish I'd known where she was. I wish I could really quantify when we, when that weekend was. We ended up partying with Mark Norman in a fucking, in a, um, hotel room like it was a bunch of us a bunch of us went to my hotel room and partied but i remember going i was like bring the fucking work and then the work shows up and you're like okay look i'm nowhere near your level but i do i remember just you're a lot closer than you think i hope <laughs> i appreciate that I, it's I, i'm telling you it's, it's I, I the way you're going the way you're doing it is like the way it's a different avenue because i think i really leaned into I really leaned into my friends on the podcast of like Tom, Joe, Bill, um, yeah, Ari, yeah. Ta- Joey, like, and like, and, but, but building that podcast was the first change in my career and you're doing it on your own. You know, when you left your mom's house, I was like, good move, like good move, like make it your own, make your own. Well, Tom like, was such a help doing that too. Like, you know, Tom plays everything close to the vest, but Tom, yeah paid his producers to come help set me up. Tom lent me their expertise. Tom gave me equipment. Tom came to be the first guest. Well, he you said, know. you know, he's, he's Tom, really, Tom, Tom. he's really great with like, like the reason I have this studio. Give is, me that dog, Tom. Just fly it back. Fly yeah. the dog back, Tom. <laughs> the reason I have this studio is because I watched how much he put into your mom's house. And when we started Two Bears, One Cave, I was like, I was like, this is fucking a really a fucking flawless system in that, and it's, the it's da- how great's in the dav like come on i bro. wish i had never hated him <laughs> he's a he's great i love dude. him i love him i love him he is great he's great and he's very efficient Annie, and he's ash all of them come out of there my yeah. producer is any's roommate and any came and trained him to do exactly what 
he does for Tom. So, you know, I was like, I love the model and what, what Nadav has built for Tom and the way they did the show. I was like, well, we're just going to oh, look, I've said it all, all along too. like, you see these guys that get a golden opportunity. And then when it's time for them to go on their own, they don't do shit. Like you can't have Tom Segura give you this chance and then go hang a shower curtain up behind me. You know, no. like you can't, you got to step it up. Invest we, in yourself and next level up. I, I literally was level like, and, and this, by the way, this is, I don't know what, episode will air first with this new studio this may be it i don't know i'm not certain because we're, we're gonna do a bunch of them but like this is still a work in progress i want to get better chairs yeah that's- i want to get like i want to i want to make it very warm where you come where you're watching it and you feel like you're in someone's thing this is a little much but it looks great the guy who gave the guy i have a connection with this guy who gave this to me and my my my, my management company said gave me this as a christmas gift but the guy that delivered it uh like fucking five days later um was drinking in a in a uh, for saint uh saint new year's eve in philly fell and broke his neck and i've been watching his recovery so in a weird way i have a really connect close connection with this because my buddy chase who, does he want to come on the patreon and talk about a recovery from a broken neck after he delivered a fucking sign uh, to you i'm gonna make sure he's on my podcast <laughs> Because that's the story. Because he I delivered love. it, he delivered it, and then he was like, "Yeah." Just so, a few days later, his whole life is he par- is he quadriplegic? He, uh, I want to promote. He's got a uh, TikTok that he's doing mm-hmm. about it. What's his name? Uh, Chase. I I don't know. I'm, by the way, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm really sensitive about sharing this. Wait, hold on. Like, You're gonna give him credit, so people. I know, but let me help him here. <laughs> he's about to put the phone. <laughs> What's his name? How do they follow him let on me TikTok? See. Here, while you're looking, can I pee real fast? Yeah, go pee. Where do I go? Right there. At Chase Gets Better on TikTok. At Chase Gets Better. All right, we should probably wrap it up. My daughter's just showed up. Hang on one second. Let me call these little biatches. Yeah. Hey, are you uh are you guys here? Yeah, we're outside. We're putting the dogs in the fence. Okay, you just got here? Yeah. Okay. Well we're wrapping up now, okay? Okay. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. You hear the way she said that? She goes, Yeah. 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 I love I love too many people. I already heard the yeah. Yeah, I love. See, I, I, I hear you. That's why I want a dog. I want something else to love. That's not a person. I don't feel like hearing. Can what I get the you fuck a bull you mastiff? Have to say that's too big. Bro. No, they're great they're dogs. They are great dogs. Great dogs. My buddy had a great Dane that I loved, and they kept the ears down. I don't know if you've ever seen a great Dane with the ears down, but I think it looks <gasps> Baby, so much. Better. I just came up with a brilliant idea. So we're gonna get uh, Mac as our dog, the most beautiful bull mastiff you've ever seen. Izzy is. Izzy's Izzy's gorgeous, but she's a fucking pain in the ass. Mac is the best lover in the world. This is the greatest dog I've ever owned. I know, hold on, let me rephrase that. Priscilla's the greatest dog. I've had some great dogs. Priscilla and Abigail. I've had th- uh, uh, technically Mac yeah. is my fifth. I've had Abigail was my first. Um, Black Lab, great, <sighs> big boxy head like a bull, like a like a Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. Black Lab, fucking great prey drive like really attentive lab just a great could dive to the bottom of a pool grab a ring and swim yeah. up to the top you'll meet mac in a second we'll go outside um uh 
And then and then I and then I, we got Mona was the next dog I owned with Leanne that we got that for Isla for Christmas it was Mona she's still alive she's a fucking piece of work and uh, blind and one eye deaf just it's like the hanging last. on yeah uh, imagine <laughs> if your grandma could bark right you'd be like all right we got to get rid of her <laughs> so <laughs> how annoying that would be yeah it would be. and so and then and then we got and then we got Priscilla okay so that's four. Priscilla's the greatest goddamn dog in the world. That was the fucking, that was the best. Fucking five knee surgeries. Never a complaint from this dog. Just a savage. Best dog in the world. Best, best, best dog in the world. I love Priscilla so much. Oh, this dog was like the best. So great. A week, a week before she died, I was in bed and she got in bed with me. Now, I don't let Mac and Izzy in bed with me because they're fucking lunatics. Priscilla would get in bed with you. It was almost like she would be like, hey, we shut the door so no one else can come in. Like, I just want to be with you. And I we cuddled so fucking hard. We cuddled so hard. And I said to her, This might be one of my last cuddles with you ever. Oh man. You and said like, they gave me I got, to, I got to say goodbye to her. And and you know, it's like <laughs> something I've never gotten to say to anybody <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you haven't done it to humans. I said it to my dog. I didn't even get to say it to my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I sat with her and I cuddled with her, and it was the greatest. And then we went away for a trip, and they called and they're like, "Your dog's dying. You need to come home." We came home. We put her down. I t- I'm trying to do a bit on about it on stage, but I may stop because I can't. I cry if I do the bit. Yeah. So I don't like, and I don't like crying on stage. I'm like, come on, man. I'm not that guy. I'm not. I don't want you to ever feel like I'm trying to work your your strings like the Wizard of Oz. I want you to know that it's real. So if I'm crying, I'm going to stop. And so, uh, and then we got Izzy. We got Izzy right before Priscilla died to keep Iz- Priscilla alive. And I really think Izzy did a great job. Izzy's a fucking lunatic. You'll see her out there. Brindle Mastiff. I've met Izzy. Reverse, yeah, reverse Brindle. And then Mac is like a fucking, probably one of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen. Huge fucking head. You'll see You'll see him. Huge head, fucking huge paws, beast of a dog, 140 pounds, 130, 40 pounds. Um, but per, this is a great way to round this conversation out. Per our conversation with Leanne, we have to get him neutered because he's uh, marking, marking everything. everything. But we talked to Danielle, who we got our, our bull masters from, and she said, I'd like to breed him once. Maybe I'll do like, what if I did a, because I get one puppy. What if I sold that puppy or gave it to one of my friends? And I go, it's a, it's a, it's a Burkheiser one-off. Give it a burr. Someone who needs a dog, like someone with kids who needs a dog. They get this, I mean, genetically a gorgeous, beautiful sweet dog you're gonna meet this dog you're gonna fall fucking fall in love with this dog he is big fat face where you can fold it over yeah oh just like grab it i love this i love dogs man i don't understand people who don't love dogs i know i used to not like cats and we rescued this cat that i'm just in love with this fucking cat but she's like a dog i would love that's the thing i'm allergic to cats and i love cats I love cats. I my first three times before I realized I was allergic to cats, I was all over cats, like playing with cats. And my mom's like, "This isn't gonna end well." And I was like, ah. "We have a cat too." Gus, Gus, this is a fucking. 
How do you do it then? I just stay away. Just suffer for my kids. I just have asthma. Yeah. Just have asthma. I run on the treadmill and try to beat it. Um, My wife said something to me the other day I thought was so cool about a cat. Gus will wake up in the mornings early and go outside and then he'll lick the leaves, lick the dew off the Mm -hmm. leaves. And I was like, what the fuck's... And he'll also drink out of the pool. I go, we have a bowl of water for this cat. She goes, he's a rescue. So you got to remember when he was a kitten, this is how he learned to get water. Like was wake up early and then you're not getting that out of that guy. And I was like, shit. I was like, and I used to love getting drunk by myself and not telling anyone about it. (laughs) Yeah, you're not taking the street out of that fucking cat. (laughs) You're not taking the street out of that fucking cat. Oh, I just realized... Just for the record, we need to keep this very secure while my dogs are here. Because they will knock down everything. When they charge and in. piss on everything. <laughs> yeah, that's They're fucking point. beasts. So who you got coming up on the podcast? Well, you know, I'm doing uh, Joey Diaz's life story, which has been awesome. I'm do- We're chronicling his life story from day one. Uh, I, I'm Seriously, we're on like eight episodes, I think, and we're in like 1985. No. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I'm doing his whole life story. And when it's done, I want to put it on an album for him. And I told him, it's yours. I don't want it. Just look, no one else is doing it. You're not documenting it. And it needs to be done. Take these episodes when it's done. Go do whatever the fuck you want. It's such an amazing story. But, oh, man, we've got uh, who's coming up. Segura's coming in. Steve-O's coming in. Uh, Drew already recorded. Um, God, we got a lot of really good guests coming up. Uh, Steve was fucking fascinating. I, I mean, I worked with him before and I couldn't believe he recognized me the other night at a show. I just never think anyone knows me, remembers me or me either. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly going, hi, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Can I tell you what? But I think that's a good thing that you think that way. Can I tell you who else did that to me? Who went, hey, man, it's Zach Galifianakis. And I went, Zach, everyone knows who you are. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't know. I just haven't <laughs> yeah. seen you in a while. And I was like, no, I, okay. I watched a movie the other night with my kids. Like, yeah. yes, but I, I, I would rather that person than like, I've had people go like, oh, so you're big time in me. And you're like, what? And I was like, I'm sorry, man. You had a fucking, I couldn't see who you were. I, it was dark. We're wearing masks. We're drinking. Yeah. It's, I'm I mean, like, I'm sorry, man. Um, um, I've just never been like that. I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude either. Um, but yeah, subscribe to the Honeydew podcast. Uh, my YouTube, Brian Sickler on all social media, ryansickler.com. Subscribe to the Patreon, Honeydew with y'all. Uh, hopefully getting back out on the road soon. And, uh, that's it. I've just been keep minding my own, keeping my head down and doing the podcast. God bless brother. This has been, please come and is, do the goddamn. I'm, I'm doing the honeydew. I'm I, doing the honeydew. Emily LaFord, who I love, we love yeah. is booking for me. And okay. so I'll have her hit you up and we'll oh, get a brilliant. date. That's brilliant. She's the best. She's the best. She's she the is the best. best. And everyone loves her and she knows everybody. And yeah. She Text her, tell me to. I'll, I'll do it. I'll I do will. it in a heartbeat. I'm. I'm it's we'll, my studio. I've got twenty four seven access. I'll do whenever the. I don't care if you want to do it at night, morning, whatever. It's my spot. I love. Uh, that's what I love about where we've gone with yep. podcasting. Is like you get your own spot. You got it. I'm good. What, what time? Sure, I'm here. Yep. I'm here. I appreciate you doing this today, brother. Please. I love you. I love, I love you. Love too, you, dude. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Ah, this is a good episode. <laughs> That was fucking great. I love the way you lay after my grandmother died. It feels oh, good to tell that shit. That was dude. fucking hilarious. 
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.